there, everybody. Brad Geiger here for another episode of Webcomics Weekly. This is the fourth in the four-part series that we promised as part of the Kickstarter campaign for the Webcomics Handbook, my new book that you can check out at webcomics.com. Uh, before I go any further, I wanted to thank my three very good friends, Scott Kurtz, Dave Kellett, and Chris Straub, for joining me on these four podcasts. Uh, it's been so much fun getting them together again and, uh, and doing this podcast. I, I can't thank you guys enough. In this episode, it's the three of us, Dave, Chris, and myself. Unfortunately, Scott was not able to join us because uh, he had family in for the holidays, and it uh, sounds like they're grappling with a nasty flu virus at the same time. So while they uh, uh, try to get well out in Seattle, it's the three of us talking about what worked in 2014, what didn't work so good, and uh, what we're looking forward to in 2015. That turns into a very interesting conversation about uh, longevity in comics, uh, crowdfunding, Kickstarter, Patreon, and have we become the old men that we used to make fun of? Well, it's a long conversation, and you're in for it. Buckle up. It's the fourth Webcomics Weekly. And we're back. It's another episode of Webcomics Weekly. Uh, and I am joined by my two good friends, uh, Dave Kellett. Hello. And Chris Straub. Hey, gang. <laughs> and I'm Brad Geiger. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, Merry Christmas to you both. Oh, yeah, well, thanks. Merry yeah, Christmas. As we record, it's December 22nd. Christmas yeah. Eve's Eve's Eve's. <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited. About this date. That's the one we celebrate in my family. <laughs> is, that, is that when you get to open that one present and then leave the rest for the for Christmas Day? Oh, I know some people do presents, but <laughs> that's not what we're about. No. I, I do love, though, that as you get older, you accumulate different friends and relations that um, celebrate Christmas on a totally different day. Like, oh, well, we're Lithuanians, and Lithuanians always celebrate the 12th day of Christmas. You know, and then you're like, oh, well, I'm Spaniard, and we celebrate it on the 24th. Oh, well, I'm, you know, like, over the course of your life, you're like, well, I'm Coptic, and we celebrate it in mid-March. And you're like, what's going, what is happening? Yeah. What's, <laughs> like, you, you I know love the holidays are so busy. <laughs> we like to but, trim, yeah. actually, one holiday out. <laughs> oh, God. I'd love to trim a holiday out at this point. It's like when the federal government moves like Arbor Day to a, a Monday so that you can take it as a three-day weekend. You know, it's like, wow, we've moved it to March to celebrate the, or to make it easier on our tax holiday. So it's... It lets you know how much people actually care about that holiday. It's like, can it <laughs> yeah. go? Where can this go? Ah, uh, okay. Usually that, that precedes cancellation, I think. <laughs> when they start moving it around. It's like getting moved to the CW network. Right. Like, well, I guess they'll take it. <laughs> we'll do something fun with it, I guess. You can almost imagine like a TV producer in the room to like uh, federal government guys. Like, all right, we all love Labor Day as a Wednesday. We're all <laughs> loving it. It's great. It's a great holiday. Just hear me out. What if it was on a Monday? What if it was on a Monday? <laughs> then we could really celebrate trees with a three-day weekend. Right. Yeah, exactly. Three-day weekend. Ah, damn it. I should have said that <laughs> in, the, uh, in the presentation. It would have... Uh... Damn it, Roger. Damn it. Driving That's home, hitting the steering right wheel. Right in front of my face the whole time. Oh, God. Roger, get it together. Damn it. This is why you'll never be a partner at Bingham's and Bingham's. Oh. <laughs> uh. So my question for you guys is, before we fall down another rat hole, 
my question for you guys is how was 2014? I, I, in other words, uh, this this uh, fourth Web Comics Weekly from the series that we did this year, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it might be a good idea to talk about uh, what went right, what went wrong, and and just basically kind of do a year in review uh, on 2014. Oh boy, what went wrong? <laughs> how many? How, how long are we allowed to record? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I picked the wrong year to go big on Russian stocks. I'm really, I'm really regretting a lot of my investments this year. I, uh, I, year. I, I, I uh, put a little money into a thing called the interview, and uh, I'm a little bit upset. <laughs> I was. A, how that's it's, like, out. it's like you're really trying to to stifle a sniffle. You're like, I was a, um, a junior producer on it financially, financially, um, <laughs> financially, and, uh, um, and it didn't go so great. So anyway, I'm looking at if you anyway. guys know anybody that has a motor home they're looking to sell or, uh, or a couch. One of the really nice tents that the army uses. Right. Just, uh, a, just a cool, dry place, ideally <laughs> someplace like an overpass. By the way, by the way, fellas, I'm recording this from my local library, so um, <laughs> use, using their free public internet. <laughs> every once um, in a while, you get a. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's like so. I have to get off every 15 minutes and let another kid use it. <laughs> But keep talking. I'll rejoin uh, oh, when I can. I'll, I'll, I'll jump back I'm, in. I'll jump right back in. Jimmy, Promise. Jimmy, it's been 15 minutes. I need to get back on my podcast. You just hear it in the background. Snapchat's going to be here when you get here. Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> um, let's see. So things that went wrong. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about good and bad of our yeah. year. Yeah, mix. Yeah. Well, this year, I guess I'll go first. This year... Um, La- the year before, I did my Kickstarter, which went super well, and then this year, uh, I was uh, I had the faintest hope that I was going to finish my next Brood Hollow book and then get the Kickstarter out then, but uh, the fact that we had a baby really threw my schedule off. I had no idea how involved that would be, and <laughs> and even the stuff that I'm preparing for the start of next year, of 2015 is nowhere near what I want it to be. Like, I don't have, I don't have any, uh, uh, I, I really wanted to get through writing most of it so I'd feel comfortable starting to draw it. I had hopes of... <laughs> you, know, you know what I hear when you say that? When you say that? In my mind, I'm just singing in my mind, the diminished expectations of parenthood. <laughs> and then I thought, do I need to get dressed today? No, I don't. It just keeps I've, going down. I've showered this week. Right. In, most, in most countries, that's acceptable. So now, what I what we got is a system where I've got I've got all the dirty diapers are at the foot of the bed, the clean diapers <laughs> are at the head of the bed. We just stay in the bed all day. Uh, no, but I I wanted to get more done, and it was just not possible. It was impossible. So this year for me, financially, financially, was pretty was pretty slim. It's not not my best year. So I have I do have high hopes for a Kickstarter, uh, for a Kickstarter next year. Uh, but yeah, the baby dominated, dominated. I want to go back. I don't, I don't want to go back and listen to our other one where you guys were advising me because at the time (laughs) he was very small and very manageable. It was not that long ago. Oh yeah. But he's awake much more and he just needs so much more attention. And, and now he's, he, this, he came into the world when August? It was August, yeah. So he's not quite to the point where he's walking yet, is he? No, no, no. He's very far from that. <laughs> That's going to be a new misery. We have stairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, but he, yeah, he's not, he's not even, he's not crawling either. He's not doing any of that stuff, yeah. but he still needs you to be there. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I tell you in our, when we had our first kid, we had a, a, a single story house, no stairs, no weird angles or anything. So we, it was no big deal. But when the second one was born, we had a couple of stairs around the house. So we had to put gates up, uh, yeah. you know, this and that places. And there's like a six-month period where you're feeling like you're living in the Panama Canal. Like, go through this, go through this lock. All right, raise the water level and close the door again. Lower the water. You know, it's like every five steps you're going through a gate. You're like, son of a biscuit! I'm not making any progress across this house. It's taking me forever to walk to the bathroom. <laughs> Passengers are dying. The next generation will get to the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. The next generation. Oh, I was, I was go so happy when we finally took those gates down. That was that was a great day. Yeah, I I well there, I, that gives me something to look forward to in 2015, <laughs> I guess. Oh boy! Uh, no, it'll be it'll be 2016, 17 before that happens. So, so anyway, that, you were saying yeah. though that your work your work levels uh, were impaired, which is which is very understandable. God, have I been there? So yeah, right. Uh, and I'm feel, I feel like I'm fortunate. How have how have you guys is 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 audiences like grown up with you? Because mine has been super understanding. Like they've been very reasonable. And fortunately, I did go. Brood Hollow had its break between chapters, right around then. Uh, so it's not like I'm I'm actually actively behind and apologizing every week that something isn't up. But people have been very nice to me. I mean, especially parents, obviously. But th yeah. there's been a lot of understanding. I, you know, it's, it's interesting that you mention that your audience has grown up with you because I think that's a big part of it is I I've experienced the same thing, uh, is that I've noticed that over the years, my audience has gotten kind of mature along with me mm -hmm. so that every now and again, like if I post a black and white strip because the color one's not quite ready yet, uh, it's, it's just not a big deal. It's like, yeah, we know we're not, we know we're getting it. We, this is not, it's not like web comics are new anymore. So it's not like if you see a bump in the road, you start to get, uh, spooked. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of like, yeah, we know, we know what's going to happen. We know the deal and everything's kind of smooth. Yeah. Yeah. I like Brad too, that your, your audience was so mature that it's mature. That was nice. <laughs> That's that's another one of those things like uh, champing at the bit that once I, once somebody said there's no ch in mature and that it was supposed to be pronounced mature I couldn't not do it after that I I I, 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 I feel never really heard you say mature before <laughs> you know what's funny yeah I do the same thing with the word sure because I, I know I used to say sure but for some reason it got in my head like well that's not the word the word is yeah. sure and so I have to put a little ooh on it. Every time, and I catch myself, I'm like, why did I do that? I actually don't like how that sounds. Yeah, yeah well, it, exactly. And if you go down that road, then before you know it, you're, you're sounding Canadian and saying sorry instead yeah. of sorry. I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm glad we've all been, I'm, I am glad, though, that we've all been mature about this conversation. I think this has been. <laughs> right. Well, that's for shower. That's, that's... <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of words that are like that, though. I've got to pronounce the L in milk. It, it, a little bit of it is OCD. I've got to pronounce. I can't say milk like like oh, a, like I, M E L K. I can't say milk. Brad, that, makes that me was crazy. actually my other was my other example was milk. I yeah. don't want to say milk. I oh, want to say I hate milk. 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 It's an I. And the R in Wait, I, can I tell you, I don't, I'm not hearing the difference. Milk? What do you mean, milk, milk? How am I saying it? I'm going to have a glass of milk. What did I just say? That's did I say I. it wrong? Did I say it no. wrong? You, no, said, you it right. said it right. Oh, well, what are you that's saying some... is wrong? I've never heard the other one. 
Some people get real lazy and they say milk. Oh, yeah, it sounds like M E L K. It sounds M-E-L-K. like milk. Yeah. Give me a glass of milk. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, oh well. Those people are stoned. That's what that is. <laughs> is that what uh, that, that's what that one? Oh, okay. Um, I need some milk. Uh. <laughs> I didn't think that was the go-to munchy food. <laughs> oh well, let me tell you. A lot if, of calcium. Chris, Chris, as the go-to guy for that knows everything about stoner culture, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, pretty sure is, that milk is, is legal the go-to in our state, food. So. Uh, yeah, actually, that's true. Both of our states would uh, would qualify. Um, all right. Well, anyway, let's be mature about this conversation and move on. Um, <laughs> David, that one already bloomed. The fruit's off that tree. You, oh, no. You I'm, can't I'm, use I'm, it twice. I, let's see. We're currently at the 10-minute point. I'll be at the 45-minute point. There will be a nice callback for me on that. Rest assured. Let me, let me just, set your alarm. Let me get Hold these on. beads plotted out. <laughs> but you Siri, guys have to laugh big. You guys have Siri, to laugh. Siri, remind me in 45 minutes to bring up Mature. All right, great. That's so now. <laughs> oh, great. All right, that's right. so that's gonna happen. Okay, great. Thanks, Siri. Thanks, Siri. So I've got a question. You mentioned Kickstarter twice, uh, and and it's unfair to compare the two. Mm. But in terms of crowdfunding, which are you more bullish on for 2015, Kickstarter or Patreon? Oh man, that's a great question, Brad. Great topic. Wow. Yeah. Ah, let's well, let's talk about that. Bam. Brad, you've done this before. <laughs> Uh, I, and I'll start with Chris because you because we're still te- te- technically we're on Chris's 2014. So well, I, okay. I, I want you to know that that was me being sincere. Maybe I need to oh. work on my sincerity. Oh, no, no, that no. Was, I, that was I bought it. I bought it, David. That, my <laughs> I was actually giving a sincere. I was making a joke around it, but not making fun of it. Oh, all right, all right. All right. I apologize. All right. So, Chris, uh, what are you more <laughs> bullish on? What are you more bullish on? Uh, honestly, um, I'm I'm more excited about the Kickstarter because it has the potential to bring in uh, a chunk of change at once. Yeah, uh, and I and I and of course I really enjoyed working on all of the trappings for it last year. Uh, Patreon though is great month to month. The tricky thing about Patreon, which I very very much am uh, excited about as well, uh, the tricky thing is remembering that it is not Kickstarter, and that you do not like it's designed to monetize the unmonetizable, so. It's so hard to remember that it's like, hey, if you like my work, give to my Patreon and, you know, I'll show you my behind the scenes stuff and some of this other stuff. It's so difficult not to say, and I'll record your name and I'll add you to a thing and I'll give you a phone call and I'll draw for you and you can have all my books for free and you can do this. Yeah. And you, you just want to do it like tears. You want to do it like like a Kickstarter would be where you want to feel like you're rewarding them. But their Patreon, I feel like, is their... I mean, of course, that can exist inside of Patreon, and I think it's a good idea to have some of that. But it's really there for people who are like, they're there for the crowd who said, I've enjoyed your work for the last 15 years, and I actually have never given you any money. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you $5 a month now. Yeah. You know, that's uh, well, what it's there for. Exactly. And that's, uh, I, I just, I, it, this is top of mind for me because I just did a post on it for uh, webcomics.com today. And, the, the, the place I'm at, this is one of my like 2014, 2015 things. I am literally in January going to have to retool my Patreon because I'm just, there's, it's, it's, I've made all of the dumb mistakes that I warned people about. So I, I, I've, <laughs> I've promised 
all this stuff that I'm just month after month, it's hard for me to keep up with. And, yeah. and I'm not doing a very good job in some cases. And I just have to retool it and say, okay, <laughs> new rules. <laughs> this is, right. this is how we're going to do it. And if that means that you're, you're disappointed and uh, cancel your uh, support, uh, then that's what it means. But Which, I, I, it won't happen by the way. Uh, well, I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't blame somebody if they were disillusioned. They said that where they thought, oh, I, I brought in at this area and now he's going to change it. Any time yeah. you change something, people get upset. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You're like, I'm, I'm really concerned about my one $200 backer. I'm really, <laughs> that guy, oh boy, <laughs> I can't piss off Greg. Oh God. A, he is on the bubble. <laughs> he, I know his kids starting uh, college next semester. He's well, looking in, at his finances. In that respect, that I mean, Patreon is very web comics in that respect. In that we always said, you know, we've got ten thousand bosses or twenty thousand bosses or whatever it was, and it's hard to get fired by that many bosses. Uh, in, in Patreon, I'm sure there will be some people who downgrade their pledge or cancel it altogether, but it. it, it it's it, I, I'm not going to get fired from Patreon, you know? Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. It's weird, though, because uh, Patreon's a very – because Kickstarter, like, you're like, done, made $20,000, good, locked and loaded. Patreon is kind of like the constantly shifting sands that I, that's just a different – different uh, uh, mechanics to work in, you know? Yeah. Like you generally, you you can somewhat uh, 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 forecast what you'll be making in 2015 on Patreon, but then again, you might not be able to. You might be totally wrong by undershooting or overshooting. You know, it's weird to think in that regard, but um, it's not it's not a fixed number. You know. Yeah, no. I've been I've been really surprised by um, by the shape of it and how because I have I technically have two right now because one of them is my joint projects with. Uh, Mikey Newman, who I do a podcast with, uh, and it's for our like our YouTube channel and content there. Mm-hmm. Now his he well, set you that know what? one by, up. By, by the way, oh. for people that don't know it, what's that podcast? Oh, it is a Chainsaw Suit podcast. It's uh, yeah, it's a, a chainsawsuit.com/slash podcast if you're interested. Yeah, well, I, was, I was thinking there might be people that would want more Chris Straub in their life. So. Absolutely, that, that's, that's everybody. Uh, <laughs> but so his philosophy of the Patreon was. Very different from mine because I come from this webcomic school of I want I'll ask him for two dollars. That's yeah. a, because in my mind I immediately multiply whatever the tier level is times twelve, and th- and that's what he's giving me in a year. Yeah. So it's the five dollar tier is sixty bucks a year. What do I have? What can I give them that's worth sixty dollars? His tiers were all set up like twenty dollars a month, forty dollars a month. Really? He said, there's nothing we can give that's worth $40 a month. And, and he says, I know, but they're, they're basically like producers of these things. We say their name, we give them some stuff, but it's designed for them to say, I was with it for two months, I gave them $40, I'm done. And now somebody's going to rotate out. Oh, Which, I see. So he's, he's, anticipating, he's anticipating the constant loss and gain then. Right. Okay. Yeah, he's, okay. playing, he's playing the churn. Yeah, and which I thought was really interesting because in my mind... I call that something oh. very different, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I had to play the turn last night. I was up late. Uh, well, yeah, no, welcome baby. to parenthood. New, new, new baby, we get it. You yeah. gotta play, you gotta... Uh, <laughs> no oh, okay, asking people for money. Oh, everybody's see. asleep. Okay, quick playing of the churn here. All right, let's see. <laughs> 
<laughs> little, little me time. <laughs> check, check, check the tears. <laughs> Different spelling. Uh, no, okay. So, but the Patreon. What I was surprised by is that. It, <laughs> <laughs> I just got to check the spelling. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> What I was surprised by is that there wasn't, uh, you know, much like in my life, there is not that much of a churn. Uh, There hasn't been that much of a turnover. I really thought we'd see like a big spike and then there would be a trail off uh, where that level would be more consistent. Like, okay, this is what people are willing to to come in and leave during the month. But so far, it's been pretty, pretty consistent. That's and true. I, think that I, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I shouldn't have overstated the the sense of churn. I just meant that like I'm constantly surprised oh. that there's always sort of two or three or five percent coming and going. You know what I mean? It makes sense though, right? Like yeah, yeah. It does. There's absolutely the case, and it and, and it always. I know both of you are probably you look at yours and say, uh, anytime like you see somebody withdraw a dollar, like you're down a dollar. Yeah. It, it just brings such a. a coldness to the heart even if it's one dollar it does it's a dollar because because you've got that voice in the back of your head that says and this is how it starts yep 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 yep, you know i don't know that this happens for you guys too but i've got the narrator from that what was that vh1 behind the music i've got that narrator in the back of my head and when something like that happens i hear him say Brad thought he was riding pretty high, but then that first dollar was an indication of things to come. Right. And it's like, oh, man, I, can't, I do not want to be at the other end of this commercial break. I am yeah. so glad you guys vocalized this because that's exactly what I feel like. Oh, this yes. is this storyline was the beginning of it. This is where they, I lose them all. Yep, I, had, yep. I, had a, uh, I had a tier where – what did I release? Oh, I released some, a PDF. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, 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 re, I released a PDF, and we know what that stands for. Uh, no, uh, and I, I, I think the level was like five hundred dollars a month, and I released it, and it's like, hey, thanks everybody, we made it, and then it immediately went to like four eighty five. Yeah, and I thought, like, that's four hundred. That's a lot of money still. Like, I can't complain about that. But at the same time, I thought, who is the the two guys that that represented who was like, yeah, <laughs> got it. Now I'm got gonna it. Leave. gone. Yeah. Ah, that, that made me mad. <laughs> and I think that's happened to me last month where you know, I, I was like flirting with 98 uh, patrons. And then I saw, I, I got like a hundred, a hundred one. I'm like, okay, finally broke that triple digit barrier. Yeah. And then two weeks later I was back to 98. And right. now those, and I didn't track and those could be completely different people, but immediately you sit there going, did I just get taken advantage of to the tune of like a dollar a month? You know, was it really that important yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that they take me for a buck? I think it bears saying though, like I love Patreon and they've been real, they've been really oh, responsive to me and everything great. like that. They're great. Great. It is a young service though. And there are things in like in the interface and the way that it, that it works for the creator that I think will have to be shored up or altered, you know, like like design elements and things like that. I'd still like to get to the point where you put, I'd still like to get to the point where you put my last name into a search at Patreon and you get my Patreon. That is basically my last name. Right. That still isn't happening for me. (laughs) (laughs) Not everything else. Yeah. And and it's important to, I'm glad you said that, uh, Chris, because, you know, especially the last couple of months, uh, Jack Conti and Pamplemousse 
really took it on the chin uh, mm. with some uh, kind of uh, unfairly, I think, with some news reporting about Patreon. And I've I've followed some of that. Yeah, yeah, that is and 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 unreasonable. I as much as we're kind of sharing stories about it and everything, I it, it can't be underlined enough. I think all three of us are really big Patreon supporters. It, what they're doing is a very good thing. Oh yeah, I'm 100 yeah. percent behind it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, well, and I've been, I've been talking with Patreon the last about a few features, Brad, recently, and they are definitely at work on a lot of things. Yeah. Like that that funding is coming through. It just as as expected. It takes a while to ramp up on a lot of different yeah. fronts. You know? I, well, I figured. Yeah. The one that I tweeted that I'd love to see, and it's too late for this holiday season, but it's it would be really great for the holidays. Would be to give a Patreon uh, support as a gift. In other words, I'm going to make you the Patreon supporter of Chris Straub for a year, right. and you'll get all the benefits, and the money will come out of my bank account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to be able to do that, or like, or exactly, yeah, gift a tier. Like if somebody, yeah. like my mom is like, how do I get in there? And I right. said, well, I'd love to, to give you an account, because sure, it doesn't hurt me to give that content away. But, you know, sorry, fork over 10 bucks, mom. <laughs> Which I was yeah, happy to force be, her to do. That would be... <laughs> <laughs> you were honor bound after all to do that. Yeah, yeah. so maybe thank you, Patreon. Because that's an additional... <laughs> yeah. Well, and another feature, as, as Chris um, put up his, his first Patreon, was for sort of the everything I do uh, kind of project, where if you hmm. like Chris and the five projects that he does... You can back that one, but I was hoping to go the different route where I want if because I I don't I, I assume that there's some non crossover. So if people like Drive, I was hoping they could support Drive on Patreon, and then since Drive did all right, I was going to do one for Sheldon, and it turns out you can't have two campaigns currently on Patreon. You well, can only, not with the same email address. Right, but it's 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 a small, but it's an important thing I think because there's a lot of different kinds of artists like let like. Oh. For whom you know, there's very different things that they do. Like I, I'm thinking of my friend Kate Micucci. Like if she did her music, it's very different from her cartooning, uh-huh. and and True. or her acting. And so like if she wanted to do one for all three, she'd have to like generate three different email addresses, track yeah. three different accounts. You know, it'd be it'd be much better. And I think they're 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 definitely working on that feature. Um, but you know, it's one of those small things that they just got to ramp up on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But so, anyway, to get to get back to your larger question though, Brad, about Patreon versus Kickstarter. Yeah. I actually, in an odd sort of way, like they they both came along just in time, I think, for yeah. for the for the problems that I've been experiencing, which is there's been a slow diminishment of at least for me, I can't speak for other cartoonists. And it's I'm totally cognizant of the fact that it might be because I have too many books. There's been a diminishment of sales for my overall library of Sheldon and Drive books. Um, and I think that I will benefit greatly by Patreon becoming sort of the bread and butter for both strips, right? Like they sort of become 60% of my income for the year. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, Kickstarter is probably like two a year, I think, will generate the other 40% of my income. Yeah. And then I will, yeah. prob- I will probably start limiting my conventions down to maybe two, maybe even one. I might just do San Diego from here on out. Um, yeah. As the years go on, we'll see. I think everybody might just end up doing a local show, and that's it. You know, that sure is where I'm headed. Uh, and and I did that last year. In fact, uh, down from I think tw- I think my peak was twelve a year, 
and, and last year I did two, uh, Emerald City and Philadelphia. I didn't even do Baltimore last year, uh, although that was more of a scheduling conflict. Uh, but I don't, I don't see a significant impact on my bottom line. A, a, and in fact, I think I might have done a little bit better because I wasn't traveling, you know, there, there'd be that one show a year or two that you traveled to paid through the nose and then yeah. didn't do, didn't make any money and it and took a huge loss on it. And I've eliminated that from my business, which has been <laughs> very good. And I'm yep. in the same place. I'm thinking maybe two, maybe three conventions next year tops. Now what, now what a welcome and, and lovely way of putting it that this has been just oh. now. As compared to, we've read the news stories about the 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 like the older comic book artists who's like, you know, whose fault it is? I'm not making money. The cosplayers. Yeah, like, it's, it's cringeworthy every time, and it's but it's happening. Although the one <laughs> Denise Dorman, I I I read her post, and I think she was the the victim of a little bit of clickbait there. She was making a mm-hmm. comment, and I kind of got what she was saying. Yeah, but this whole idea that cosplayers are hurting conventions is kind of dopey. Well, it really so, is. Yeah, I think it's silly that it, it, it sucks that I mean, for me, it was like it's like San Diego, right? Like, San Diego is a very specific kind of a of a show. It's a huge show, mm-hmm. but you almost have to have you have to bring your own like a, form an ecosystem around San Diego. Like if you if you're going, you can't just say, hi, I'm, I make Star Slip because nobody cares. Right. I have to make a shirt that has Batman on it or whatever. <laughs> and I am not willing to do that. Right. That's not the convention's fault. That's just the makeup of that show. Yeah. And it's yeah. my choice to not go because I have I would have to do too much other setup well, to and, make it and work. A, another thing psychologically that I've done when I'm deciding whether or not to go to a show is I click on their website and if the first like you know how there's that standard WordPress design where the top has like a slider of big images and it's you know, slides yeah. across, slides across, slides across. Yeah. If the if the first five images are like some a B-list Hollywood sci-fi star from, <laughs> from the last 15 years. And, and then eventually it becomes like, oh, and we also have Scott McCloud. Uh, then it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like that's that's not a show for me anymore. Like there's, yeah. I, it's, it's too much work because the average person walking in the doors of like say, like I went to the Salt Lake Comic Con and on average people could have cared less about comics at Salt Lake Comic Con. Right. Because they all came to get the girl from Battlestar Galactica's signature. That's what they came for, you know? Yeah. Right. And and I know people have long complained about San Diego being that way. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but these smaller and mid-sized cons where that's how they get them to come out, like I think Calgary has kind of turned into that, and Salt Lake was definitely that. Um, it's just not worth it because you're fighting against the tide of people that are like it's like going into a crochet convention and being like, "Hey, are you interested in comics?" You know, it's like they're not there for, for <laughs> comics; they're there for crochet. You know, right? You'd well, have to do a comic about crochet. E- exactly. Which, which, well, now wait a minute here. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's something. Nitwits. <laughs> Jeez, oh Brad. my god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's find out where that convention is because you're going. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I've I've often said that cosplay isn't a, isn't a problem at conventions, but it is a symptom of a problem. In other words, it, 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 conventions from the time that we started going to them have changed. Yeah, and it's and and it's not about what it used to be about. It's now about 
going to see the cosplayers. And uh, even that thing that we've all talked about, uh, the reason I stopped doing T-shirts altogether was because somebody would come up and they, 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 instead of buying a T-shirt, which is something people used to do, now they come up and take a picture of the T-shirt and post it on Twitter. Or they, right. they, they see the T-shirt and then they go and get their friend. They, it, it stopped being about accumulation and it started being, uh, become about curation, mm-hmm. right? Or, or even just spectacle. Like, we're going because it's spectacle. You know? Right, and right. And, and, it, and, and conventions have changed. It's, it's, it's obvious they've changed. And we've just got to change with them. And the, and the people that are kind of uh, inducing cringe uh, right now are the people who just cannot see around that and, and can't see that they need to change. Right. So anyway, so back to the broader point, I think the Patreon and Kickstarter came at the perfect time because I yeah. feel like my core way of doing business was, was um, dying on the vine. And I think that Patreon and Kickstarter have kind of shown me a way out of, you know, and if we're honest about it, it's, it's in large part of a version of what, speaking of McLeod, what McLeod had talked about like 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. which is yeah. that you, you would do a thing and you would get these micropayments for it. And, and in a way, that's what we're able to do now. And so it's kind of like Shine doing all the other stuff of schlepping out to Chicago and unloading and going to a hotel room and getting to the convention hall. And, you know, now it's like, well, if I can get the same amount of money by, by literally doing the core thing that I want to do, there's no comparison in which one you'd rather rather pursue. This is just a microcosm of the newspaper stuff. Like, we don't need the, the middleman of the convention. <laughs> like, Patreon right. is like a, a year-round convention on your machine. That's the truth. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of like the more of those walls come down of you connecting to your to your audience directly. Yeah. Yeah. You will see less of it. And it's not even a slight on the convention because their options, I think, are limited. Like the direct if you have a very successful convention and your options are, okay. well, we got to grow it. Like in what direction do you go? You can either become like a real curated like cartoonist show or you can start inviting celebrity guests and go that direction. Right. Uh, but you right. can't cater to both. Right. But if there was a if, – if L.A. or in somewhere drivable to, to Southern California for me, if there was an SPX or a TCAF, I would be there every year. Absolutely. No questions yeah. asked. Because yeah. that's a show where, like, comics are king and people are interested in finding – like, they're – there, there are the the hundred percent wheelhouse audience that you're looking for, but if you're going to Salt Lake Comic Con, I, I literally had somebody selling swords next to me, and, <laughs> and on the other side, like like uh, raver hair sta- hairstyle yeah, products, hair and I was falls, like, this yeah. is yeah, I was like, what what is happening right now? This is it was literally one of those moments where you're like, what is what's wrong with my life? What have I done? <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> what, yeah. I'm expecting I, Rod Serling to come walking out from around a corner and be like, <laughs> example, Dave Kellett. <laughs> Portrait of a man. Yeah. He thought he was walking into a comic convention. It turned out he was walking into a convenience store for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's a lot of similarity in Rod Serling and the behind the music guy. <laughs> Picture, if you will, the downfall of a creative man has that, has that joke been done where rod serling is talking to the camera like portrait of a man a, a, a newly formed failure in the twilight zone and then the guy's like hey it's you you've been doing this and then beats him up has that joke been done <laughs> no but i think I, it's, I think i'm gonna see it in chainsaw suit very shortly <laughs> 
I, I, feel like when, when the I feel like I saw that there. in a Futurama, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe I, I feel like that's very much that style of joke. That style. Wait, no, you. You're the writer. You know, that you're, kind of thing. You've been here. You caused this. Where'd you come from? Um, what I was going to say, though, is that um, it, it dawned on me the other day when I was checking numbers how eminently affordable, and maybe this sounds naive, but eminently affordable Kickstarter and Patreon are from a creator standpoint. And by that, I mean traditional syndicate and publisher. Think about the amounts that they would take, right? Oh, yeah. And then you click on Kickstarter or Patreon, and this 5% plus credit card model is so small by any historical standard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so affordable for a creator to be working in those platforms. I, I know I sound like just a, a, that was a little bit too Midwestern of me sounding like, oh my gosh, what a oh, great, it's so wonderful. <laughs> These so people are fun. so kind. Oh, and they brought jam. Look at this. Um, well, good on. I was going to say good on Patreon. Not that I have any love lost. I mean, I I think Kickstarter is amazing too, uh, and good on Patreon for for uh, looking at their back end and and trying to fix up some of the odder things. But mm. I was going to say, like, I have similar complaints about Kickstarter's interface, uh, namely the, the the tiers down the right side. But yeah. uh, Because it's such a ridiculous, from a design standpoint, that that's where the bulk of your content is. It runs all the way down the side. Right. You right. Know, and, there's, right. and it's all text. And there's no, you can't make a bulleted list or I, whatever. Yeah, and you can't do icons or anything. Yeah, you, you can't, can't have do a picture anything there. visual. You've just got to do yeah. Words. But be, but this five percent uh, and the credit card fee, whatever, it's such a small thing, and they're doing so well. What impetus do they have to change any of that? Right. It's like, look, it works amazingly as given. Like, right. we're, if we we're afraid to break it if we revisit this and add some stuff. <laughs> well, and, and again, you know how readers and and site users react to change. Anything at this point, any any amount of change that they do offer is going to be met with pitchforks and and uh, torches anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably best incremental at this point. But I know what you mean. Like, the, to me, the one that that bothers me is that Patreon's actual pledge levels are way at the bottom. Um, yeah. But again, that's all. Uh, this is me nitpicking. My overall, my overall thought was that it's an eminently fair. Uh, uh, oh yes. Platform for a creator. It yeah. really is, and and their uh, Patreon and Kickstarter both as companies are doing just fine. And in other words, they didn't need to screw people out of. <laughs> a bigger cut. Uh, they're doing great. Yeah, the platform overall works on volume, so it's great. Yeah. But it's also everything that I hate to deal with uh, in terms of canceling uh, uh, user canceling credit cards or credit card didn't charge. Or yeah, I mean, uh, just to take that hassle out of our life for five percent is great. I could not be happier about that. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So now, question, Dave. How was 2014 for you? Uh, it's, uh, so it largely depends on what point in the year you were asking me. Um, when the film came out, I was on cloud nine. I was like the high, and this is probably why I, I later fell, but I was so happy to have four or five years of work done. Yeah. And even more happy that it was well received and really happy that Watterson did the poster and all that stuff. And, you know, fun to go up and screen it for Pixar and DreamWorks and all this stuff. I mean, it was a really whirlwind kind of two or three months there that was really fun. And, um, and then afterward, I really hit, uh, I, I don't know that I would describe it as a depression, but it sure was a case of the blues where it was just, um, it was a realization that I was now done being a film director and I was going back to being a cartoonist, which is fine. But there was like a, oh, back to this again, you know, of, you know, back to the thing that I've been working on for 15 years. Wow. Where previously, really? yeah, where previously my mind had been like firing on all pistons because I had to figure out how to do 
sound and color timing and releasing a movie on, on how, to, how to format for a DVD and how to you know, do all sorts of things for iTunes and learning a new task basically every week. And then it's like, all right, well, back to making a Sheldon, back to making a Sheldon, back to making a Sheldon, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And so um, there was a real sort of letdown. And I think I'm only now, I thankfully the new year is coming at the right time because now I'm, I have to basically rejigger my career and get back on track. Um, so I'm kind of pulling out of it a little bit. But uh, overall, I mean, if I'm being honest about it and I emotionally remove myself from the, the letdown afterward, it was a great year in that the thing that I had been working on for four or five years did well. And I think we'll, I hope we'll at least stand the test of time. Like I'll still be happy that I did it 10, 20, 30 years from now, you know. How has the staying power of that movie been? I mean, after that that big release on like iTunes and stuff like that, I, I imagine it's still doing well at, at the end of the year, right? Yeah, the, the Christmas sales did well, and then, um, but it's definitely a slowdown from that first launch period. Absolutely. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, so now the next big thing for it is to get on Netflix, which is proving to be surprisingly tricky for a super indie, but um, but we're, we'll get it done. There's just a lot of contracts and insurance and paperwork to deal with um, that I didn't think there would be, but uh, but that's boring. So anyway, um, uh, we'll get it on. I, I imagine it'll be on there by April, maybe March. That's so. exciting that it's going to be on Netflix, though. Yeah, because once you sort of squeeze as much money as you can out of it, um, mm. the next best thing you want is how many people can see it, because that's right. really, as an artist, you want as many people as possible to see it. And Netflix is for every cheapo, including myself, that doesn't want to pay for a movie but wants to watch for a movie, you know? Yeah. Because there's, you get a, uh, I don't know if you guys know how Netflix works, but it's not like when you watch a movie on Netflix, 10 cents goes to the creator, right? That's, <laughs> that's not how it works. Netflix <laughs> gives you, gives one lump sum payment to the filmmakers at the beginning and options it for two to three years, or license it, rather. Um, and then at the end of that, they can either renew or um, not. So after you sell to Netflix, that's kind of the end of the money that you ever make on a film. Because if once people can watch it on Netflix, they're like, well, why would I ever buy or rent it? You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Although there is some argument that if, because there are certain rare films where if I see it on Netflix, I'm like, oh boy, that's great. Oh, it's no longer on Netflix. Oh, okay, I'll buy it. Yeah, because I want to um, have access to that one into the future. Like, like a movie right. like Glengarry Glenn Ross that you know you're going to watch it several times again in your lifetime, at least if you're me. Yeah. Uh, that's one that I would buy because I just know I, I, it makes me feel good to have access to that movie. Right, right. So pretty much when you – by the time you, this film has gone on to Netflix though, 98 to 99% of its – well, I don't know. That's probably too high a number. Uh, uh, maybe let's say 80 to 90% of its – lifetime income will have been made. So are you planning another movie at some point? Maybe. We have an idea that would be bigger and more expensive to make. Um, That's hard to believe. <laughs> bigger. I was going to say, your movie, the next one is how the newspapers are back. In a big way. <laughs> how they're going to take over. But Chris, again. the only way we can make the movie is that Fred and I have to personally reinvigorate the newspaper industry. <laughs> so that's what makes it so interesting. Right now, it's kind of cheap. I, actually, it's not that expensive. I just need <laughs> I just need two billion dollars from Rupert Murdoch and about ten years, and I can make the next movie. Um, right. No, but I, I we have two ideas. One of which would take us probably thirty days to make, and uh, and it's uh, I can tell you about it after we stop recording. And then mm -hmm. the other one is a probably about a five year project. And would take us for it would require us to go to France and Japan and around the U.S. and it would be very expensive to do, 
Um, but I think it would be, and it would be cooler, but I think it would actually make less money than Strip did. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hesitant to do it because unless I get grant money where I get a salary or something, yeah. um, I don't know that I want to take on another five years of unpaid work on something, um, if that makes sense. No, uh, that makes total sense. <laughs> Well, but you're a web cartoonist, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, one one of the things that's gone unsaid in this is that to make to finish the film, especially in the last two years, I was deferring a lot of money by not doing any Sheldon books, by yeah. not spending time to work on T-shirts or not either conventions I didn't go to, because I was trying to get the film done. So now that that's done, I basically have to sort of rebuild my career again. Um, because my mm. readership, my readership is down because I essentially stopped drive and I was really sporadic with Sheldon those last six months of the film. So, um, anyway, I'm excited for the new year cause I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good fresh start, um, yeah. on that front. And Drive, I noticed the comeback, the, the, the very much Patreon-supported comeback of Drive has been solid. I mean, you, 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 I know we were talking, I think we were talking about it on this show, where I think Chris and I were kind of trying to nudge you into Patreon, and yeah. you were wondering whether the support would be there. Uh, from the looks of it, there's a lot of fan support for Drive. Yeah, I've been really, and I want to thank you guys, because I think it was you two, in fact, I know it was you two that talked me into it. Um, yeah. And I was really hesitant about it, about doing Patreon, and especially for sci-fi. I just didn't think it would be there. Um, and holy crap, I, I would not be producing a page a week of Drive if it wasn't for Patreon. Um, oh, that's got to feel good. And you're not doing it like, uh, you're not doing a monthly thing. You're doing it per update, which I think is very appropriate. Yes. That's yeah. very yes. smart. And uh, I have to give a huge shout out because the, the person that inspired me to do it that way was Erica Moen with um, Ojoy Sex Toy. Mm -hmm. And who, by the way, is now over a thousand bucks a strip on Patreon. Yeah. Isn't that, that is, amazing? That is so amazing. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. I'm so happy for her. That's amazing. Um, she's, uh, she's really inspired me. And so. Um, and if you haven't seen it, don't go look at it. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. That's, that's my 45 minute warning to remind you guys about Mature. So let's okay. handle this in a mature way. Um, <laughs> anyway. Webcomics Weekly. Thanks for being here. So <laughs> rich and delicious. Um, anyway, so like if you look at the page rate for IDW or Boom or I'm trying to think of other smaller publishers, you mm -hmm. know. Dynamite Studios, et cetera. Dyna yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's no comparison. Like Drive right now on the Patreon thing, I'm so happy with the with the way it's going for me. Rather than doing Drive as like a dynamite or a boom book, you know, uh, I I couldn't be happier with Patreon as a model for for a, a piece of art like this. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to like there. And so my goal with Drive is I really want to make that my uh, the bigger part of my career. I think. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to get that readership up. I'd love to have the Patreon going. I want to do a Kickstarter for it this year for a nice hardcover collection Ooh, yeah. of, of the strips so far. And I think I think 2015 will be a good model for for Drive. Sheldon's the one that I just I'm I don't know how to go forward on. So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, how do you mean that? Um, well, I, I honestly thought it was going to be the strip that I would do till I would die, my peanuts, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm I'm. I'm finding all of my excitement. Like when I sit down to draw drive and you guys will know this feeling, I'm excited and I don't notice that it's two in the morning and I'm, ex I'm energetic to draw it and I'm excited for people to read it. 
Whereas I, if I have to do a shell, then I'm like, ah. Oh, Here we go again. This yeah. fucking duck. And, that's, and, how, <laughs> that's how I feel when I read it. So. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, too close. Too close. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so anyway, oh, yeah. I, and so definitely there's, you know, and there's dips and valleys in, in everything that we create, you know? Yeah. And I'm really trying to parse out, and this is part of the sort of blues that I hit after the film, I'm really trying to parse out whether I'm just in a valley about coming back to something that I've been doing since 1998 or whether it's time to call it quits with that one. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know. So I'm, I'm being generous with myself and saying, all right, well, why don't you just, you keep going for a few months. It's probably just a valley. And then if it's not that, then we'll reevaluate. Maybe it'll go down to three days a week or four days a week or something like that. Um, and then I can focus more on drive. Because really what I want to do is I want to do two drives a week for Erica Moe and money. And then uh, mm -hmm. I'll be, I think I'll be in a pretty happy place about it. Yeah. I, and the thing about Sheldon is that if you do get to that point and it, you're, you get down the road and you decide, nah, maybe this wasn't the right decision. It's not like you lose your audience. It's not like you stop cold. It, what happens is you decide, okay, maybe I do want to do Sheldon again or I want to do Sheldon more or whatever. You just put the word out that you're doing this thing and you can pick up where you left off to, and you'll have to build back up to get it to the same level. But it's not like you ever have to start cold. When you've no, been doing I, it as long as you've I been would, doing I it. I would disagree with you there. I think I think if I stopped it, it that it would be really hard to start it back up again. I, I don't know. I don't know. You'd I, see a hit, but I don't think you would I don't think it would be that hard to come back to. It depends. I think there might be it might cause some fear in the mind of the of the reader, like, well, what if it goes away again? Like, I'm afraid to love again. Like, <laughs> like that mentality. Well, I'll tell you why that's the case for me. Like, have you ever had this where you bought a new computer or you changed browsers and for whatever reason, you didn't bring over your, your bookmark stuff mm -hmm. with you mm -hmm. to your new computer or your new browser? And so you, oh, just yeah. start, you just sort of start again with whatever ones you can remember. And for the ones that you forget, if it's been six months and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to read that every day or I used to go to that website every day. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, don't need that anymore. <laughs> and so once you remove it, I feel like it's really hard to get it back into your life again on a daily basis the way it once was. Yeah, I, which I understand. I honestly, I don't know how you guys keep going on strips that long. I don't have the mentality. I wish I did. And I keep well, thinking I'll tell that you, I I'll do. tell you why. I, uh, and right now, I mean, if I, in an ideal world, if I could do drive and just make a living on drive, I would do it in a heartbeat, right? But the, one of the reasons why I respect you so much is because I, do, I have more fear than you in regards to just making a huge life change mm. with my strips. Like, I can't just stop Star Slip and start Chainsaw Suit. Or start, you know, brood hollow, and I, I, I Ooh, don't. Have... I have a, I have a tough thing to say. If you ready for it? Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting conversation piece. I knew somebody with no judgment about the strip itself. I knew somebody who read. Uh, it was an acquaintance. They read Control Alt Delete, and I asked them, and I didn't think they were the type to have read it and enjoyed it. I said, Why do you read it? And she said, I, uh, I just read it. Like, I, I don't know. It's like on my list. It's like on my bookmarks list that is in the morning I go through. And that's one of the ones that's on there where it's the kind of thing where had it been gone, maybe she would have, it would have exited her mind. So the question is, do you want that kind of reader? Is that a reader you want? 
because is that reader ever going to be a Patreon supporter? Is that reader right. ever going to buy a book or, yeah, now, or any if you're kind of about Exactly, Brad. If you're talking about advertising, yes, you do want that reader because you want every right. reader. Right, But right. because that is not a focus, like I, I have noticed like across the board, my audience is going down too. And that, which is, I mean, I'm sure I've, I've had holes because of the baby. I haven't done, you know, as much as I could have. Or, or I haven't updated as often as I could have, but there. And I'm wondering that is it okay for me to lose that more casual reader if I know that the more entrenched reader is the one who's going to come around on a Kickstarter and give me thirty dollars, which is all I ever wanted from them in a year, you know? Right. That well, type here's of a yeah. Thing. No, I absolutely agree with your with the with that broad assessment. I think what makes it tougher for me is that, without a doubt, though, Sheldon has super passionate readers. And, and has like 10 times the readership base of Drive, like 10 times, mm. and makes me a shit ton more money than Drive does. Mm. Uh. So, so, and, and I've also, I also know that I super enjoyed making it for 15 years and had a lot of pride in it and enjoyed it. So I have to at least give myself the chance that this is just a, an emotional dip that I'm hitting after the film. Oh, I agree um, with you. Before, yeah. bef without, before I just casually walk away or stop it or, you know. Well, yeah, and let, yeah. me, let me bring up this. And, and it's a good excuse for me to uh, uh, at least mention the fourth member of our cadre who unfortunately has uh, – it could not join us today because he's got all of his family in. And that is, of course, Scott Kurtz. And I, I was texting with him earlier today, and it sounds like not only did he get his, his family members, but uh, uh, a good – bout of the flu as well so they're <laughs> they're trying to uh to get past that in casa curse kurtz right now but uh so and, and i won't speak for him and i won't i i because because i i can't <laughs> but i won't speak for him but here's what he would say but here's let me tell you exactly <laughs> can, what would come out of his can i tell you what i thought you were gonna do i won't speak for him but if he were here he would say it like this i think what you should do <laughs> And, uh, and, and you can't see me, but I'm doing the senior Wences uh, hand puppet. Yeah, you, you got the lipstick out while you were setting it up, and you're putting the senior Wences like uh, You worked on this impression for so long, Brad. You're so proud. You want everybody to know. It's like my it's like my Mr. Magoo. You know, and I'm just sitting there waiting to, to, to spring it on someone. Please let somebody mention blind people. The please. Hand keeps, the hand keeps coming up, and then when we change subjects, it goes back down. Long time. <laughs> or Chris, Chris, up up until this point, a Skype call that's been solely audio. All of a sudden, Brad turns on his camera, and it's just that. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen, Brad? Why are you wearing a tux? I didn't know. Why are you? It's good great. to see you. All right, all right. <laughs> well, what I was gonna say was, I and I can't say that he was like in an emotional dip because uh, I don't know that. But I do know he reached a certain point in PvP when mm -hmm. it was uh, uh, advantageous for him to bring Dylan McConnes on as a co-writer, right? Yeah. Something that if, if, if when we all first started doing webcomics weekly, if you would have told any of us that we'd have a co-writer at some point, we would have all said, forget about it. And, and we would have probably bristled at the thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I do know that Dylan has really reinvigorated PvP. Uh, she has really... You know, yeah. brought a lot of great things. Not, and, and I know that every now and again she draws the strip because she can she can really uh, bring that same style uh, seamlessly. Would you? So, so having said that, Dave, Ooh. would you ever consider a co-writer on Sheldon? 
you know what's funny? Uh, I, up until even six months ago, I would have said, no way, I would never do that. But mm. now, in the mood that I'm in, yes. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you why. Working, like I have for most of my, aside from my, my corporate years, right, where I worked at Mattel and stuff, um, where I was always working at a team, I've always valued being by myself and working by myself mm -hmm. um, because whatever jokes of mine that are lame, I don't mind. I, I, if I liked them to myself, I still put them up. Um, uh, anyway, long story short, in the state that I'm in, I actually would entertain the idea, having worked with Fred on the film and seeing what energy that brought to a creative process of the back and forth. Mm -hmm. and, and even like, you know how, when I get off doing Webcomics Weekly with you guys, I feel funnier, if that makes sense. Like my brain yeah. is firing at a, better, at a better rate than if it was just me in a room. That's true, yeah. You need a little, you need something to break your day up. Yeah, it's just that stimulus of the back and forth and new ideas and new thoughts. And even new ways of looking at a joke. And so, um, yeah, I would, I would do a, a writer partner now. The kicker for me is that I have no idea who or how I would partner up with anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I honestly, the I, can't, I can't think of someone that, because look, I, I know a, a, an important part of being an artist is to know what you are. And I know that <laughs> Sheldon is not for everybody, but I like it. I enjoy it. Um, and I don't know how I would go about finding a writer that also liked it in the same ways that I did. Well, yeah. and Sheldon is, is very much a, it is so much your personal sense of humor. Yeah, that it would be hard, I would think, to find a writer that could that could find that same kind of uh, uh, mental place to write from. But at the same time, I would say it would not be impossible to find somebody that had a similar kind of outlook. Yeah, it'd be tricky. It'd be tricky. Like I don't know how how Scott and Dylan worked it out. I would have to find out. I would have to find someone who who ultimately was a fan of the strip. Um, that also yeah. also could find the voice of it in a way that I respected the back and forth, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of pitching. Well, and that's because that's really how Scott found Dylan was I think she had done a fan, uh, like she'd done a week of PVP strips as like a fan submission, like when he was sick or something and he needed some stuff to put up on the site. And they read it and they were like, she really gets the strip. And, and there, I know for a fact that there's a lot of times when Scott's like, did, did, did Jade ever say X, Y, Z? She's got a very, very good grasp on PVP history. And in, in other words, she's, she's very much tuned into that strip from a, yeah. from a fan point of view. I think you right. kind of have to luck into that. Yeah, you do because you need someone who has that fan knowledge of a strip, right? Because then they know your tone as well as you do. And without even uh, knowing it on an intellectual level, they can intuit what the borders of your humor are. So right. like, don't push too far this way. Don't push too far that way. Um, <laughs> this, no, in terms of this character would not do that kind of thing. Like you oh, need, yeah, to, yeah. you need that kind of fan, um, uh, familiarity with the voice that you've established. But then you also, and this is, I think, the trickier part of it, you need someone that you yourself, as the creator, respects. Yes, that's the, and, I, that's, that's the word I was waiting for. Yeah. And I don't know that I... Um, Respect my fans. I don't know that I... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... I, um, I, I how do I say I this? I have a I, hard time. Yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult. Like... It's actually why I don't. Oh, you know what? Read... Okay, you know what it is. Here's Ooh. the best because as dads, you will know this. Think about how small the pool is of people in your life that you, if you had to, could call up and be like, "Take care of my baby for the day. I have to go do Y." Right. Right. Yeah, that's it's true. It's a it's a version of that. I mean, people say that their art is their baby, but there are so few people that I would entrust my children to 
Um, yes. And I'm, it's probably a similarly small pool that I would trust my comic strip to. Yes and no. Uh, uh, you're like, if you're Brad Geiger, shit, I'd grab anybody uh, off the I, street. I leave those little shits out on the curb. No, I, uh, I, but uh, to keep the metaphor going, as your kids get older, that pool gets a little bit bigger. That, In other no, words, that is true. That is I true. Know, I, I know that, you know, when, when these kids were small, uh, preschool, uh, you know, there, there was a very, it was like us and the grandparents and that, and that's it. And, and now the, our pool is a lot wider mainly because I know that, you know, I, 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 I know if something goes down, my kids will tell me about it. You know, I, 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 I there's a little bit more, I, I can trust more out of my kids than I yeah. could. I, I agree with that metaphor, but in the context of this, I'm trying to think of what that looks like. It's like, I need a week of Sheldon. Somebody help me out. And I say, I'll help you, Dave. And I do a week of Sheldon and it's, the voice is not really there. And there's some choices made that Dave is wouldn't have made and is not that comfortable with. He can see it afterwards, but now he's stuck with kind of a, a dog week of Sheldon that I did. Yeah, him, yeah. You know. Yeah, and maybe the better way to look at it is, okay, well, I changed some things, but the the thing that I was really asking or hiring Chris in this scenario to do was to give me something to jump off from. Maybe that's right. what you're looking for in a partner. Well, and I think yeah. that's probably, and again, without talking for Scott. Uh, I think that's how a lot of their collaboration works. I don't think Dylan submits a script and they and then they work from it. I think they get on the phone and they start shooting ideas back and forth, and it's much more of a of a uh, organic collaboration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I could definitely and and, and again, I'm I'm right there with you. Evil Inc. is going to turn ten years in February, and I I I would have absolutely bristled at the idea of having a, a co-writer or a co-artist or, or anything. Uh, and uh, now I could very much see collaborating on storylines and stuff like that because it would be it would be nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of at this point. In other words, so much of my comics has been proving that I could do it. And I mm. think to a certain extent, I've proven that I can do it. I, I don't have that to prove anymore. And now what I've got to prove to me is that I can take it to the next level. But I've proven to myself that I can do good comics. And for a while, I, like in, in the first couple of years of Greystone Inn, I don't know that I was proving that to myself. It took me a long time until I really had it, had myself convinced that I could do this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the idea that, or the, sorry, the the the... The phrasing that you gave it, Brad, where you said, now that my kids are older, I can, I'm can i more trusting of them going out into the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of that, too, with the strip, like you said, too, is, is when now that Evil Inc. is established, now that you've proven that you've done it, now that you've established the voice, and, and it's firmly both in your mind and the world's mind, now you can sort of open it up to new people chiming in on on making sure that that strip doesn't retread the same pass again or uh, find new twists on old things that you never would have thought of. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so it's something that I would consider, but the problem is that the number of creators that I would go out to are literally less than a handful. Yeah. Um, mm. And I do, and all of them are busy, and none of them want to do my stuff, you know? Uh, so <laughs> um, 
it's weird. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know ever how. And now, of course, once we put this podcast out, I'm going to get 30 emails from people like, uh, and rightly so. Hey, I love the strip. I want to, you know, I'll write for it. And it's like, no. Uh, <laughs> um. Although I will, I will say this. That's how I, that's how I found my colorist. <laughs> was exactly that happening on Web Comics Weekly. And he was with me for seven years uh, and and we'll be leaving at the end of this month. And I just uh, uh, found uh, someone to take his place. Uh, but that's but I'll tell you, Dave, that's exactly how it, uh, how I found a colorist. Was. OK, well, you know what? OK, I'm going to let's assume that that happens, Brad. Yeah. And yeah, let's yeah. assume that I say, OK, give me 21 samples of just scripts. That's all I because I, I can imagine everything in my mind. Just give me the scripts. Right. <laughs> OK, let's say that I then hire them. Right to submit uh, storyline ideas or, or comic strips themselves. Mm-hmm. What, w- what would you guys say the pay rate should be for that? Oh, I, I was scared Jeez. you were going to say that. This is an impossible question. I have no idea. That's why you want a real fan, because then they'll just do it. <laughs> it's like, let do me it stay at your house. <laughs> oh, all I want is a, just a small vial of blood and a few snips of hair. That's all I need. <laughs> well, it's worth it to keep the strip going a little longer. Uh, I mean, the work is pretty good. All, all I need to do is help you play the churd. That's all I want. <laughs> That's the callback I was waiting for. There we go. Uh, Any time I can get Chris is such a rarity that I enjoy it. All right, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so what would you guys say the pay rate is for that? Uh. I would what, well, let me ask you this. What's the current Marvel pay, page rate? No, oh, geez. I, that's, now, that's one I have no idea about. I could, now, are they I drawing it, too, it or are you just hoping you sure write it? I'm sure Graphic Artist Guild has it. I hear the click-clacking of Brad's 1989 <laughs> IBM <laughs> keyboard there. <laughs> have you seen those uh, keyboard enthusiasts? There yeah, are people that, who buy yeah. those old keyboards, and they're like, oh, this one's got the right feel. <laughs> and they like some people like that, that old springy noise. And did you see there's even an app on the iPhone that can re do you know that famous IBM uh, keyboard that they <laughs> yeah. that they made really? like a billion of? Yeah, there's an app that recreates that for your iPhone. Oh, okay, geez. so I'm seeing... And it's not a small amount of people that love that sound. It is it is a very satisfying sound. I I, I will absolutely admit that. It's well, the like sound my of wife dad's work getting done. My my wife <laughs> My wife bought an uh, an under what's it called an under Underwood Underwood off of eBay a few years ago, and I have to tell you that's a satisfying sound an Underwood yes. going yes it clack, is clack 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 it's really cool. Um, uh, anyway, well, I found the page rate uh, writing. I, although it, it, I don't know that it's page rate or if it's like for the entire script. It says here writing plot and script seventy five to one hundred twenty dollars. So I'm going to assume that that's, that's for a, a completed story like a comic book story. Really? Mm. Or, or you think that's a page? Oh, that, okay. So that's for the full story. Seven hundred fifty bucks. That's for the bucks. full story. So let's break that down to a comic strip level. Is that a hundred bucks a strip? Is that fifty bucks a strip? Like, what is that? What are we looking at there? Uh, I think you'd have to break it down for what's worth it to you per, you know, per update. Because, like, I feel like fifty bucks. Like, I don't put fifty dollars worth of work in them when I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting fifty bucks back on this, so I don't know. That's really that's a really tough question. That I wonder is. if it's worth it doing it from a time perspective, where you pay them a per uh, per monthly for X amount of of uh, consultation, basically. Uh, that's where my mind was going too. Where you say, okay, we're, we're instead of you handing me finished work, we're going to get on the phone for. Uh, two hours a day and bat ideas back and forth. 
Right. Now, yeah, how much would that would be generous? I think. You yeah, yeah, or, or maybe here, one yeah. hour, one hour a day. So let's right. let's call it one hour a day every every uh, like for the weekdays, five days a week. Uh, well, don't do one hour a day. That's not do one hour and a half. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's call it. Let's call it uh, four times five. Let's call it twenty hours a month. Uh-huh. Uh Ten dollars an hour. Two hundred dollars to have somebody for an hour consult with you to bat ideas around. Do you think that's uh, fair? I think that's I, fair yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's actually too. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's cheap on some levels. I, I don't know. Um, ah, it's hard to say because a professional rate, a truly professional writer's rate, is you know. Hundred bucks an hour, two hundred bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's it's because uh, now I'm actually contemplating it, and I'm I'm trying but, to figure out how to budget really for it. But they're not really writing. They're they're just they're brainstorming. And yeah. uh, in other words, a writer's rate is is for finished writing product. Well, can I tell you the 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 kicker that I always because whenever I I bat an idea off my wife. Um, that sounded terrible. Whenever I, whenever I pitch back and forth with my wife, <laughs> that's kind of like a very handicapped moment. It's not getting any better on this side, by the way. <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I'm, I'm like, uh, to me, because to me, the, the, the payoff in comics is like, look, the first three panels, I can write it 90 different ways. It's that last panel that I need. That's the that's the super specific writing on that. Yeah. Right. Uh, that that there's one sentence in a comic strip that matters, and if you get that one right, the other ones don't matter. Um, and you guys know what I mean by that. But yeah. So to me, all you need is the joke, and I can figure out the setup any a billion different ways from cartooning for 15 years. So mm-hmm. I just need the punchline, basically, uh, is what you're looking for in this scenario. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you now? Do you need the punchline written, or do you actually need the scenario? Because I feel like once you've got the scenario, in my mind, when I write something, once I have the setup, I can fumble my way to the punchline. I but I want that. I want the the uh, the premise, the scenario, the concept. To be real strong. Yeah. Now I'm kind of yeah. more on with Chris on this one. In that, if you give me a premise, I can work it out. I can work the construction out. But I have sometimes the hardest time coming up with a premise. Yeah. Really? So I'm much more, this is probably why you guys are better cartoonists. I'm much more the, if, if you can give me the punchline, I can work backwards and figure out the premise. Well, well but, what would that mean, though, give you the punchline? I mean, the bartender says, that was my duck. There's your punchline. Like, <laughs> okay, like, okay, uh, uh, for example, we've somehow landed on the idea of, of Chris, when he was saying with a Patreon, playing churn, right? Like, that, mm-hmm. became a, that became a joke. Yeah. 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 So the idea that that's a misunderstood phrase, once I have that, I can figure out a script that can get me to playing the churn. But that's you know not I mean? a, that, that's, but you agree with Chris and I then, because that's not a punchline, that's a concept. Well, yeah, it is we, a, okay. we can write there too. Yeah, we just need that concept. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, missing. but you're but you're but you're missing the point though. Is that playing the churn is uh-huh. a very specific wording that I would use exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's a good not point. that's not a concept. That to me is the exact line that I would use, and I would work backwards to get to how I get there. Oh, you couldn't get to that from from churning, the the act of. <laughs> I can get there easy right now. Even I've been. Uh, <laughs> That's why I turned my video off. Oh I got a, I got a finite amount of time in the day. <laughs> Look at baby sleeping. I got a. Yeah, baby you sleeping. Take these, I gotta, yeah, he's waking up. I got to I got to rush this out, guys. Don't finish this off. Later. Finish this off, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. All right, good. We're done. <laughs>
No, I think you can get. Yeah, you need the <laughs> I like the idea yeah. that if you need to quickly get there, it's like, but Angela is very. All right, we're finished. <laughs> right. I like the nuclear option. Like, somehow that's my thing. I'm embarrassed about it, but uh, it works. Every it's time. the only way. It's the only way. If under, I only have 30 seconds left, I got to get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's where the writing this is why you have to end Sheldon I'm sorry <laughs> this is where the writing is headed you can't do this material there but clearly you're you're brimming with it well that, that's the thing that's another thing but uh, my spoken humor is totally different than what I what I would put in a comic strip oh yeah that's a totally different that's it's a totally different Jack, humor Dr. for me it's almost Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because Sheldon is very very clean and, and in person it's not like you're filthy dirty but you're much more loose. No, yeah. and, well, and also my, my, my best jokes when I'm in person are when I get most cutting or most blue. Um, yeah. And the opposite is true in Shell, well, to some, to, depending on who you ask. Um, so, uh, yeah. But the funny thing is, is I don't know that I, my personality would never allow me to, to write the way I joke in, in real life. I don't know. No, I completely understand that. You have a different, this, the thing has a different voice than you do. Yeah. It's a subset. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I don't know I don't know how to handle that idea of, of a writer or a, a writer's room or a, um, uh, someone to bounce ideas off of. I don't know how I would go about doing it. So many things would it, – it really is, like Brad said at one point, <coughs> it's the lucky happenstance of the right person at the right time with the right humor and the right yeah. level of fandom. And it just happened to work out perfect for Scott. But I don't know that you could – I don't know that you can seek that out in a way that's as effective, you know? Yeah, it, it it does feel as if it would have to be very organic. And if you went out uh, and and put uh, an ad up on Craigslist, you, I don't think you'd ever find the person you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know that I would. And and it's um, uh, at like least not saying, the ads I've been putting up. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the wrong section. That's Brad, the problem. Brad, you're in. You don't want to, You don't want to be in that missed opportunity section. That's the wrong. I keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think that part to a degree like uh what we're actually talking about is uh a person that you can count on but they're taking the place of interactions that you have every day many times you know what i mean mm -hmm. where you're spitballing with a friend you're talking about whatever and you're like that's a good idea for a strip i'll do that but you can't necessarily call that guy you know, every night and say, Hey, you remember how we were having a funny conversation? Let's have another one <laughs> so I can mine you. Well, that's, yeah. that's where, like uh, when you, when you hear about like Periscope studios and stuff like that, that's where the idea of working in a studio kind of appeals to me, even though I don't, I, I, I'm also kind of a hermit when I actually really start working and I don't like people around, but yeah. during those choice moments where you're brainstorming the ability to be in a studio situation where every where, where, where people just start sharing ideas and and batting stuff back and forth really is appealing but but how to how to build that in such a way that it's there when you need it and isn't when you don't i don't know what that is yeah because i mean part of my problem is the kind of person that i'm looking for it okay let me back up a little bit the what, wait what whoa, whoa, whoa. in my mind it's a studio environment and like how do you have them when you need them and then not when you don't and, and so you're going back and forth you're having a really hilarious conversation you, you strike on the joke and dave says yeah brad and then you go shut up <laughs> 
<laughs> let me work. Like you're I'm, done. I'm, I'm writing now. Stop it. Stop talking. You just you in mid conversation. Dave's in the middle of a sentence. You just put your hat on. You leave. <laughs> you're finished. You don't need any more of this. That's that's all the friendship was. Thanks. You got me to the joke. Yeah. Bye. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Wait, wait. I was about to tell you about my marriage is failing. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't do those kind of jokes. Dave. Nope. No. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, there are, uh, and I would count you two among them, there's probably half a dozen, maybe a dozen if I'm being generous, friends who automatically put me on my best game humor-wise just yeah. when I'm in their presence, right? And yet I, there's not, there's, there's that delicate balance of they bring out the best in you humor-wise, but they also don't overly judge you so that when you throw out a stinker, they're oh. not like, well, this, this is over, you know? Yeah. Um, and you need that really delicate balance because if you're feeling too self-editorial uh, about like somebody that you respect and you're nervous around, for example, you end up not saying anything or not saying as much or, uh, yeah. or it's, it's not that loose, easygoing quality. No, it needs to be a safe place. That, it, 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 that, what you're talking about to me is the concept of safety. Yeah, and that's why trust and respect come into it. And so for me, those six people... I mean, I, and I know for a fact that getting off this phone call with you guys, I will sit, I will sit down to write, and I will just be funnier when I do it um, for no benefit that you necessarily gave to the script, just that my brain is firing on a better level um, than it was when I started this phone conversation. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how to replicate that in like either a paid environment or a, or a professionalized environment. Maybe I, uh, maybe this is really a call for friendship. Okay, this is a desperate call for friendship. <laughs> I, just need, I just need friends, guys. Well, no. I, I would say that maybe it's a, a good excuse to start doing the podcast again. But I, but at the same time, I know that it's it's so incredibly difficult to get all of us to link up times at the same time. Yeah. Have you ever done this, though, where you look back through your archives and there's like a month or two where you're like, God damn, I was firing on all pistons on that yeah. month. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, oh, what was I do? What was going right in my humor writing that, that every single strip for a month was just gold? Don't you wish that you kept a diary? That you could go back and link that stuff up. Like, okay, this stuff was happening or this was going through my mind. And, and at the same time, these strips were coming out. You know, I, I, I always wish that I'd mm. kept some kind of I a diary. Uh-oh, did I lose you guys? No, oh, I can hear no, you. No, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, no. Oh, he lost us. Oh, well, anyway, yeah. Brad, to, can, we'll continue that thought until he ch chimes back in. But here's, here's where I think that would go south, Brad, is that I don't even know that you can quantify all the things that go into feeding a really good month of writing. Yeah. You know? Like, for example, I might think it's like, oh, I spent a lot of great time with Brad, and boy, that really fired up my writing. When, in fact, what got my writing great was I was in really good shape that month, and I ate well. And, you know, like, it, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows who, what it, it was? A, it's, a, it's a good point. It could be a number of things. Uh, but, but, but I've had that same experience, especially, like, going through and preparing stuff for the Greystone Inn book, because it's been such a long time since I read that stuff, mm -hmm. that now all the jokes are new to me. So right, I right. can go through and for the first time ever appreciate my own writing because it hits me completely blank. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. The perfect, oh, good. You're back. The perfect writer. Yeah, I found my way back. Yeah, you're right. You're like, I forgot I wrote these and it's just my sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, and, and some of them you can see where they where they failed and why they failed and, and you could see yourself learning in the moment. Uh, but, but at the same time, it's so rewarding to read a joke that you wrote that you can truly appreciate for the first time 10 years later. 
Yeah, so it's just a matter of, of figuring out how to, it's, it, again, it's like capturing lightning in a bottle. How do you figure out what you were doing that month or that day that made you write so effectively? Yeah. And, and it's an impossible task. I don't know, I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm sure there's some life strategist somewhere that has an idea for that, but it's, um, it's really hard. I mean, the flip side of this for me with Sheldon is that I actually am enjoying the drawing process more than I ever have. Really? Really? Yeah, like I'm, I'm really enjoying where my art is right now. I'm just, I think it's just the writing that's, that's proving so hard. Mm. Anyway, not that we don't have to focus on this all day. On that note, I want to hear Brad's 2014 and Brad's yeah, 2015. Well, exactly. 2014 for me was, was uh, 2013, I, I left my full-time job and it was kind of like a baptism in fire. I was learning a lot of stuff on the fly. 2014, I started to pull out of it uh, more, and and I and I, I I finally got the hang of it like near the end of the year, I guess you could say. Uh, but it was still a, a real struggle for me to put together this whole it, it, to, to replace having that automatic paycheck in my bank account at the end of every week and and deal with the fluctuation and the ups and downs if an ad network was going particularly poorly for a month. Like in January, it always happens. You get the ad crash. Uh, getting used to that and, 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 and also getting better at doing Kickstarters and starting my Patreon, uh, I did a lot of learning in 2014. 2015, I feel really super good about uh and i think the thing that i'm gonna have to focus most in making it happen uh better in 2015 is gonna come down to time management which for me to say that sentence is really really hard because that was always something i did really well i mean i was able to do a family and a 40 hour a week job and uh, a ridiculous amount of comics uh, and it was because I had, it, it was like do or die every day. I didn't mm-hmm. have any kind of flexibility, so I had to get it done. And what, what, one of the really kind of beautiful problems I've had is that I've had tons of time that I've been able to spend with my family, which was never there before. And so I, it, now I have to kind of re-gauge that system uh, to where I, I spend quality time with my family, but I still, uh, you know, d- d- do enough work that I'm not falling behind on Evil Inc. and do the other things that I need to do. Uh, and I think, I think it's going to be a pretty good test. Uh, I started teaching a class in entrepreneurship at, a, at an art school in 2014, mm. and I'll be doing that again uh, in 2015, plus now a sequential art class. And uh, my big plan for that is uh, probably near summer or so, I'm going to be taking all of the material that I build for that class and probably put together another book, much the way I did for the Webcomics Handbook, and put out just kind of like an aesthetic tutorial for uh, comic strips, like the, the, the real nuts and bolts of doing that kind of work. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's... That's that's kind of that that was that's 2014 where I stumbled a bit and where I'm trying to kind of pull things together for 2015. Uh, same as you guys, uh, doing at least a couple of Kickstarters for. Uh, I'm hoping to do two Evil Ink graphic novels next year, launch another book, and by the time we're 
done with those, it's going to be time for the second edition of Webcomics Handbook, believe it or yeah. not. Wow. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, and, and my other goal is that through the Patreon, I, I, I've really enjoyed doing these one panel strips. Uh, and it's been a real challenge oh, yes. for me. Uh, yeah. and it's stuff that does not come naturally. And what I want to do is... <laughs> Why did you laugh at that? Because it seems like it does. Like, I don't feel like oh, it's unnatural. It's so... It seems like it's very, like it's... We were talking about like Dave and, and Sheldon and his voice and what he brings to what strip and what he feels like he can't do. I feel like that was a, one of your outlets was, uh, that, was that single panel thing. I, there's, there's so many single panels uh, that I've got that I, that I haven't posted because I look at them and I just like, ah, oh, you're such a hack. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's either it, it's either I think it's a dumb joke. And, and that's where Patreon's been good because like I've started calling these things bonus cartoons and – for that, in that mindset, I can justify putting it up. And then if it is dumb, it's just a bonus and who cares, right? Right. Uh, but, and, and some of them <laughs> are... like, it's a, it's a, no, this wasn't very good. Well, what do you want? It's free. Actually, I paid $3 to see it. So. <laughs> it's actually the exact opposite of a webcomic. <laughs> You're right. Oh, God, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> oh, no, you just shut down his oh, process. No. The Patreon's and, coming and some down. some of them, because they are so dirty... <laughs> I just, I cannot. Uh, well, hey, you might be able to charge a little out. extra. What's that? You may be able to charge a little extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, but what I'm gonna, what I'm part of that retooling of Patreon that I talked about is I'm gonna take over Geiger.com, and I'm just gonna make that uh, a, a repository for all of those unclaimed projects. In other words, mm. the single panels are gonna go there. The, uh, the. Second comic strip that I've been really kind of uh, futzing around with all year called Arch Brothers, which is a, more of a cartoony uh, uh, style than I draw in for Evil Inc. And it, it takes place with uh, two brothers. One of them's a superhero. One of them's a supervillain. They're both like in the age range of eight or nine, you know, <laughs> kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. And I really get a lot of enjoyment writing those characters and probably because to a good extent i kind of see my boys in them yeah uh so so that's going to go there if i do any more fables that's going to go there it's just going to be any kind of anything is going to go at geiger.com and i'm just going to start building that as a place for people to go to to see anything and everything else that i do yeah i think that there's like that's that's sort of the the patreon model right it's like you you what you want is people to follow you what, who you are and what you're doing not yeah necessarily. that's that's exactly the mindset that that brought me there is is that you know i'm, I'm just gonna say these are the things that i do and, and if you if you want to support these then this is the place to do it you know and, right, and right. then and then as evil link uh, you know continues at some point uh uh same as you guys i could see myself doing that less and less often uh and maybe over at Geiger.com, one of these other things starts to flower, you know? Yeah, which is what, I mean, you want the opportunity to do that. Right, right. there's so many things like, I mean, Dave, you did this exact same thing with Drive and Sheldon, where had you said, no, I better keep plugging away at Sheldon, you would not have had that opportunity to see this other thing. Right. 
work out for you. That's true. You know, I guess you know maybe I've been uh, maybe I've been uh, feeling restless longer than I th remember because Drive came out of that feeling, mm -hmm. and then and then Stripped came out of that feeling. So maybe <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's just that I need to honor the fact that I need a second project that that um, that's newish, you know, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. Do you guys are you guys nervous at all? Because they've been I mean, yes. they've been good. <laughs> okay, thank you. Good night, everybody. Now, have you? Are you nervous at all? That because, like, one of the things that I feel nervous about and dumb about in in trying to assemble like a how was my twenty fourteen? What am I looking forward to for twenty fifteen? Is how much Kickstarter and Patreon have just taken over any other model I had in my mind? Yeah, of like I'll get the books done. I'll do you know, ad revenue is down, but maybe I can you know, rework my chain, which I have ignored for literally, you know, seven or eight years, where it's always something to be done as far as advertising is like, oh, see if Tribal Fusion is doing this, and I think I got booted off of there, so I got to reshore <laughs> this one up and change the weights. And I've never done it. I just have just let it's like AdSense. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. But so much of what we do now is, you know what? Patreon's doing real good. Let's do a Kickstarter. That works out. Yeah. These two services are like the the vast bulk of what we hope to do in 2015. Yeah, it's, but you know what? I'm not – oh, I'll let Brad talk, but I'm not nervous, and I'll tell you why after Brad. Go ahead, Brad. I, I'm okay. sorry. I'm not nervous, and it's probably, I, I would imagine, similar to Dave, is in that I, – I guess the unspoken question is what if ha something happens to Kickstarter? What if something happens to Patreon? And the yeah. good thing about those two entities is that they opened up the door to something that had been beforehand really not there in internet community, and that was that concept of paying for content on the web in a, in a fun, cool, hip way. Before Kickstarter, uh, and even before iTunes, you can throw that in there too. Uh, yeah. you, guys, you guys remember uh, how in 2000, 2001, if you even thought about charging for your content, uh, people were, were ready to, to, to murder you in your sleep. Uh, yeah. and, and then kick, you know, for, it, it, Amazon started making it cool for micropayments and iTunes made it cool to get a 99 cent download. And then Kickstarter blew the doors off of all that and Patreon followed and made it even wider. And if something happens to Patreon and Kickstarter, then there was going to be another thing that we haven't even envisioned yet. And one of us might be the ones that come up with it, because let's face it, Patreon was created by an artist, right? Yeah. Uh, there's going to yeah. be another thing that just plays off of what's been built. But it's been built. It can't be torn down at this point. People are now... Uh, very much accustomed to this idea of supporting a Kickstarter uh, uh, campaign. They're mm. much, and they're becoming accustomed to this idea of supporting somebody through Patreon. Uh, those things aren't going to go away. Uh, the next thing is just going to build on that. Well, yeah, and, and parallel to what Brad's saying, here was my thought about why I'm not afraid, is that ultimately what, what makes Patreon and Kickstarter work Kickstarter's a little different, so we can talk about that in a second. But what makes them work is that you're bringing your readers to it. It's a platform, you mm -hmm. know? So yeah. provided you don't lose your readership's love and affection and support, then Patreon and Kickstarter will continue to work for you, even if it then, even if, you know, a new site named Zoot Suit gets started, and that's the new giving process, or that's the oh, new... That's a good idea, Zoot Suit. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> like, yeah. Patreon, but they take 7%. <laughs> but it's a, 
and everything's covered in plaid. Um, so <laughs> the uh, the I, what I'm getting at though is that like we're a little bit lemmings to new models just because like, oh, everyone's like, oh, t-shirts worked in the late 90s. Let's all do t-shirts. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, oh, advertising yeah. seems to be taking off in the mid 2000s. Let's all do that, which is fine. It's all well and good. But really, if you, if you look at it, what we're doing is we're saying, I have this huge readership. What do I point them at? You yeah. know? Yeah. And so, right, and so Patreon and Kickstarter is just the newest iteration of what we point them at. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw it on... Um... I saw it on, uh, well, I forget where I read it, but it was uh, Spike. She did uh, Smut Peddler mm -hmm. and those Kickstarters, that stuff. Mm -hmm. but, and you guys who have also done Kickstarters have seen this too. You get the messages that's like, hey, uh, congrats. I'm a big fan of, insert project name. I actually am not a big fan of you. Yeah. Uh, I have a Kickstarter. How do I get where you are? You've done very well. And they don't want to hear, well, you have to have done this for 15 years before yeah. you. You know, I actually, it, the idea of, well, Kickstarter is going to experience a burnout where people are going to get mad they're not getting their stuff fulfilled and, you know, projects come and, and, and they go away and they don't deliver on promises. But we are not really digging into that pool of of uh, audience members. I mean, if you, be, if you become like a staff pick or something like that, you can only do better. You know you're going to deliver the book you've promised. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're making a video game and it's a train wreck. And it doesn't come out. Those people, those types of Kickstarters, maybe there will be a burnout effect where people, they just don't do as well as they used to. But you're right. We are talking directly to our audience that already exists. We're not finding them on Kickstarter. We're sending them there. Yeah, and Kickstarters, you know, I, that's why I was saying Kickstarter is a little different because we can all trace some discoverability for a pro that's really project specific. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's not our core readership. But I think you get my basic point, which is that if you can point your readership at, at hey, you know, 10 years from now when there's holographic books about of, that are collections of Starslip or, or Brood Hall, you'll, you'll just point them at that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I don't, I, I do, I completely concur with you that like there's a small fear in my mind that a year or two after people have been giving to Patreon every month, they're going to be like, well, fuck this noise. I am done with this. Like, how many, how many years do I have to do this before I've earned the, <laughs> the artist's uh, thanks? You know, like... Uh... <laughs> right. Well, I, I actually think it's going to... I, my personal thoughts on that, Dave, is that it's going to be exactly the opposite, especially it, 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 for the person that's just supporting one or two creators. It's like one or two dollars per month that's coming out of their uh, debit card, right? Uh, they're gonna. It's such a small amount. They're gonna forget it's there. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the hope. And I think, uh, yeah, to me, Zach Zach at Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal put this correctly. I think, which is he would rather have thousands of people giving twenty five cents or fifty cents than a hundred people giving twenty bucks. Because, yeah. and he's right. Because if the if the impact is so small that you barely even notice it. You're just going to keep it going. You're going to be I able mean, to milk that for all it's worth. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, how, many, how, many, how many years did I have auto... <laughs> I caught it, Brad. <laughs> Thank <How> you. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't need to set an alarm for mine, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, no, but there's... There's a certain molasses effect to auto bill pay. That, like, how many years was I paying for that damn gym before I eventually realized what am I doing? Right, right, right. Oh God, you sons of bitches! I just remembered I've, I've, I have to cancel my renter's insurance. <laughs> Are <laughs> you serious? Paying for it. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's like a real, like a low level one that I've had like in the last eight months, and it's on auto pay. Yeah. It's like, it's like we want our hundred thirty dollars. Like, for what? 
Oh, it was eight months worth of this insurance. Shoot. <laughs> I never, I just never reinvestigated it. Jeez. And I still haven't. <laughs> this reminded me to look at it. Yeah, so Patreon definitely taps into that model of like, get you excited about it for 30 seconds and hope you never remember it again. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So anyway. But, although that does feel kind of bad to announce as like, we are hoping you forget. <laughs> Just leave us the wallet and don't worry about no, it. No, because if they, like, I, I even said on my Patreon video, like, go small, because I want people to forget about it with the thought that it's so negligent to their, or not negligent, so um, negligible to their to their income. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. If it is honestly like like 40 cents or like, whatever. Yeah, set it at 25 cents and then forget about it for the rest of your life. That's yeah. fine. You know, you're giving me a few dollars a year. That's not a big deal. That's um, true. But uh, but uh, one of the things that so Brad, how are you? How are you tackling 2015? And how, Chris, how are you tackling 2015? Like, what do you do to get ready for a new year? Oh gosh, to, to plan. That's a great question. Uh, uh, my so far, the brunt of my planning has been waking up at twelve or at, at two o'clock in the morning, realizing that my heart is beating way too fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and aside from that, <laughs> oh boy, I've got to stop doing cocaine. Wow. <laughs> So that's top of list 2015. <laughs> well, maybe maybe 2016. We'll that's, get there. That's, that's number one. Definitely number one. Definitely number one. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. Outside of like I've got a, a broad outline of what I know I want to get done. Like I wish I could tell you that I've got a spreadsheet uh, on my computer or something. I I just don't. I don't either. Jeez. Well, can I, can I counter can I counter that thought because I, I think this will be helpful to you. Yeah. yeah. The most successful financially that I've ever done was probably. 2011 or 2012 I'd have to go back and look but the year that one of the reasons that year was so successful to me was I at the beginning of the year I I not only wrote up my goals I listed out all the things that I would have to do to get to like if there's the first goal I would list the five things that I would need to do that goal right Mm -hmm. and then I put it on the calendar you have to do this first thing by January 28th you have to do the second thing by March And I made a calendar of, and and I'm saying this because I haven't done it for the last two years and my business has suffered. Um, I also made a calendar of all the sales I was going to do over the year, all the eBay sales I was going to do over the year, all all the promotions that I would do. And I know that sounds like a lot, but if you just schedule it out, you're like, all right, I've got to draw something to put up on eBay this week or this month. Um, All right, I've got to do a sale on my books this month. Because otherwise, you just forget. I mean, right. you, you go through the whole year, and you're like, I didn't do a sale all year, which is what happened last year. Um, and what's like, nice what, about what you're talking about is every what, what, where I fall apart, I'm, I'm really good at getting things done on deadline. But what happens is every now and again, you've got like those found moments. Like I've got three hours before I've got to pick up the kids, and nothing is on deadline. And in those in that moment, I'm like, what should I work on? And nothing comes to mind. So I end up watching, you know, cat videos on YouTube for the next three hours. If you've got that stuff written on your calendar, it's always right there in front of you. So when you've got that found time, you can use it. I, I really like that idea. Yeah, because if I, if I don't, what happens is I'm like, all right, I need a new book by San Diego Comic-Con, and I need a new book in, out in time for Christmas. And if I don't remind myself in mid-spring to start getting the book ready for Comic-Con... Yeah. The, la- the last two years, I haven't had a book for Comic-Con. Yeah. And if I don't remind myself at the end of summer to get a book ready for Christmas, well, guess what? This year, I didn't have a new book for Christmas. So, like, I've, I've got to calendar it out. So, this year, I'm over between one, – one thing – one gift I give myself is I don't do any cartooning between Christmas and New Year's every mm-hmm. year. So, I sort of run either the best of or, or holiday strips or that sort of thing. 
And it's a great time for me to, and, and this year more than a lot of years in the past, I'm really going to break it down to what I need to do to get back on track because the film really knocked me off my, off my game. Yeah, it's isn't that funny though? Something you've been doing for so long that you feel so confident about, and and when you get knocked off, you realize that it's really hard to get back on top. Oh God, yeah. I'm I'm actually kind of sad about it. Like it's going to take me a while to rebuild yeah. my audience and rebuild my income. Um, but uh, I got to do it because this, I, honestly, this is what I love to do. Even if I'm even if I'm experiencing a downer moment with Sheldon. I still love being a cartoonist. Oh. It's not like I, it's not like I want another job. Your worst um, your worst day cartooning is way better than your best day working a day job. Oh my god, absolutely. I, so, I, I look yeah. back at the way we used to live and it's amazing that we didn't get divorced. I mean, I was literally seeing my family one day a week and and the rest of it was uh, a Friday evening, a Sunday morning and then 5 minutes on all those other days. And and it's 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 amazing it's amazing we, we stayed together for that length of time. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? My God, now that I'm thinking about this out loud, one of the reasons why I might be happy with Drive and sad with Sheldon is Drive is actually making me good money right now via Patreon. <laughs> yeah. And, and Sheldon is not making – wow, I wonder if that's related too. Holy shit, that might be. You know, Dave, I, I – I, I... <laughs> Lay down on my couch for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think you'd be well served by launching a Patreon for Sheldon. I don't see – I don't think you can't do that. Yeah. No, no, you no. I'm, the... I'm... Oh, okay. You're going to – No, no go, ahead, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say the nice thing. We didn't really talk about it. I'm, we must have talked about it previously. But, like, I like – the other thing that's tough for me to overcome as far as the Kickstarter versus Patreon is that Patreon is allowed to evolve because it doesn't have an end date. So you literally can put up a Patreon that says, hi, if you like my work, then give me a dollar. Thanks, and come on back. And like, and it's allowed to change later or be added to or taken away from. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and there's there's literally – I mean, if it, if it's even $50, who cares? It's, it's, it's a start, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I should do that. I should do that. I, I'm just sort of laughing at myself that I wonder how much of my energy for my strips is financially related. <laughs> well, that would be natural. That would be yeah. normal. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, no, that, I mean, God, I've had the same issue before. I mean, it's a great problem to have, but I look at the things that it was not until Brood Hollow and it was not until the Kickstarter where I felt like I was seeing the amount of labor put in result in a commensurate level of compensation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where yeah. like star slip had never been a super big success for me, but then people were like, Oh, chainsaw suit. I like the thing that took you five minutes to draw. <laughs> and it involved the word urinal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Thing... Uh, yeah. No, because like right now I, I'm, I, this is completely making sense. Now that we vocalize this is that I draw Sheldon and there's no immediate income necessarily coming in. You know, there's advertising and maybe the original will sell. But if I do a drive, of course I'm going to be excited about it because it's 850 bucks immediately going into my bank. You know, right. it's like, right. of, yeah. course I'm, of course I'm going to be excited to draw that page. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I'm so glad this webcomics weekly unlocked my problem, which is money. That's what's making me sad. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing no, that I didn't fair, figure though. that out. Yeah. It's super fair, Well, because what it is is it's validation of the time you're spending. Yes. Well, and it's yeah. also, let's face it, it's also reality. In other words, it's, it's hard to be creative when you're, and I'm not saying that you're in this position, 
but it's hard to be creative when you're sweating how to pay the mortgage this month or how to, uh, you know, how to get that electric bill taken care of and stuff. When all that stuff is, is weighing down on you and then you got to turn around and be creative, it's really difficult. So when you do a, a, a page of, uh, of, of, of your comics, I'm, I'm sorry, I just blank drive. When you do a page of drive, and it brings in $850, that, that gets you ahead of all those other things so you can be a little bit more free to be more creative again. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's like Chris's Angela Lansbury. It just gets me there, you know? So it's, yeah. Uh, um, Picks you right over the top every time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, it's that one specific scene in Bread Knobs and Broomsticks that gets it's Chris there. It's that one scene. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly the one you're thinking of. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember that. that what was the slogan in Bread Knobs and Broomsticks? I if you've got don't. a bed knob, I've no. <laughs> no. I've Did got you a broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys never see that movie? Was it was Angela I, Lansbury not even in that? Am I misremembering she, she that? Was. I honestly don't remember any Dead of the knob. movie though. It was like Magorum Saborum to be or something like that. Um, <laughs> that's but that I thought you were thinking about uh, which. I'm gonna that? type in bed knobs and broomstick slogan. Let's see if I can find it. Autocomplete scene. I always pause on. Like everybody's searching for it. Very difficult to find. It's like Magorum Pasorum Badorum Betbeti or something like that. I think I know what you're talking about now. I I love how this has suddenly become the most important thing. I'm gonna have to go in a minute. If you keep saying it. <laughs> that's amazing. Substitutionary locomotion. I remember there that There you go. But that's not the line. Anyway, god damn it. I hate it when that bothers me, when a single unremembered line sticks in your brain. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, right, my failures. Okay, so. <laughs> <coughs> wow, suddenly my asthma's kicking my butt. I'm sorry, guys. Ooh. I didn't think that was asthma. I thought that was a problem with your handsomeness. Oh yeah, no, oh, okay. I I, uh, I got a I got a, a lung infection of all things, and it triggered my asthma, which is beating me beating me down. It's no fun. Jeez, we were uh, before we started recording. We were like, "What are we going to talk about this time?" And one of the things was, "We're getting old." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things we were going to discuss. Yeah, well, I'm actually right. glad we didn't get to it. You know what? On that note, let's talk about this. I used to find when I was younger and the, the drive to be a cartoonist was so strong and the passion to be a cartoonist was so strong, no matter how tired I was, no matter how sick I was, if I had a deadline, I would be up until two or three in the morning, like just slaving away, sweating in a flu to get that strip done. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I'm like, you know what? Shine it. I'll do one tomorrow. It's not, get, it's not getting <laughs> There's done. There's going to be another. Yeah. No, absolutely. You, once you've put enough links in a chain, you're like, what is one more link? Like, can yeah. I just go to sleep? I'm sick and I'm tired and I'm... Well, we were talking about the audience growing up with us. And, and I think Patreon is a good way of demonstrating that, where it's like, I read you for so long and I really didn't give you that much money. I'd love to give you five bucks a month. The same thing with update schedules, where it's like, you know, I know we're all busy. You're tired. I mean, I and I had this with, with the with the our son with our baby where it's just like, it's okay if there's three of this week instead of five. Yeah. Nobody really gave me any guff. I don't want to take advantage of people in that degree, but boy, do I appreciate that thinking well it's a yeah. sign of how web comics has matured right uh, in oh, that, oh, oh. <laughs> in that, i mean <laughs> <didn't> we, 
And it's just me off the side going, Did we all start this thing, uh, at least from my perspective, by kind of mimicking what we saw newspaper cartoonists doing? In other words, we wanted to do a newspaper comic on the web. And now we've all gotten to the point that that's almost anachronistic. The idea of doing uh, six dailies and then a full-color Sunday that's bigger than the regular strip uh, it's 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 almost a throwback now. Whereas we're all kind of probably doing we we don't do anything that special for Sunday, or we've got color all the way through the week. We don't just save it for one day. All those things that carried over from newspapers are kind of fading away. And I think, it, it, well, I think if you're starting out, that that having as many updates as you can is just good business because it, it helps solidify your place in that reader's mind. But once you get to a certain point to like where, where you and, and, and Chris are, I think it's a little bit less uh, of a big deal if you miss an update here or there because you've been around for so long, they know you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, That's and the, the big, the big, um, the big uh, giveaway for me on why that whole model of the newspaper model is broken is that um, I look at cartoonists that I admire and um, like Kate Beaton's update schedule, and uh, she's she puts out amazing work, but the it comes out when it comes out, and it comes out when it's ready, right, you know. Right. And and um and her career has not suffered at all for that, nor should it. She's amazing. Yeah. So um I think that's the bigger thing online is, uh you know it's it's only going to get passed around if it's good, and if it's if it's it's no good if you did one every week if they're all mediocre, you know. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so thanks so, everybody. So I know that that had a very much like turn the mic off and walk away moment kind of feel to it, didn't it? <laughs> so anyway, just, anyway, just yep. you mumbling as you move. <laughs> no, you know what it is, Chris. It's, it's just me. It's just me taking a match to my entire archives. I'm like, well, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess I won't be needing this. I, that's uh, my that's my question to you, Chris. Because uh, we all started kind of not laughing at syndicated cartoonists, but but defining ourselves as being not those guys. At the same time, we were trying to do what they were they were doing. We also right. very much were trying to define ourselves by being not those guys. We we very much prided ourselves on being able to change quickly, to adapt to new business. And do you worry that you're becoming? an old man now that, that we are becoming those guys that we kind of laughed at. I see like at the, I don't link about it. I don't think about it so much in terms of like business model or like ways to make money because that still to me seems as catch as catch can as indicated by me saying, God, Patreon showed up and all of a sudden everybody's like, yes, Patreon, that's the way forward. We <laughs> only do that. But I, in, in terms of like writing sensibility and sense of humor, I'm noticing right around the edges Little fringes of like, I don't think that's what they say anymore. I don't yeah. think that's how the kids say this. I like, and I pride myself on being very aware of of stuff that's going on. But I am getting very tired. Yeah, Dad. is it like exactly? <laughs> is it is it better to I be like swiped? It became like Bilbo there. I just feel like too little butter spread over too much bread. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's, it's like it's, Dave had a great line on Twitter the other day where he said, uh, "Brad, you're I, great... I highly doubt that." By the way, <laughs> go ahead. Well, you, you, it was the one where you said, "Brad, you're a great guy. Just 
don't don't remember. Christ, I can't even do this. Show. <laughs> God damn! Now I'm turning into my father. <laughs> You're a great guy. Pay no mind to what they say about you on Tinder. That was a great line, and I wanted to have a comeback. I had it formulated in my mind. You know, I've I've been swipe lefted so much. There's nothing left to swipe. But I couldn't. I had no idea whether I was supposed to be swipe lefted or swiped righted. But I know that those are two things in Tinder. But I but, and, and I started to research it, and by the time I finally tried to figure it out, at the moment it passed, and I went on to doing something else. But I right. know exactly what <laughs> you mean. By the time I tried to do it, I had fallen asleep. And, and... <laughs> by the time I had done it, I had been I had been engaged. <laughs> Christopher, I woke up. My tea was cold. I, I couldn't find one of my slippers, and I said, oh, I, I, had, a, a... I had a horrible day." <laughs> oh, Magoo! Uh, no, it's no, it's true. <laughs> Brad is recording this from walking back and forth on a girder. Uh, <laughs> I no, it's I I feel like I'm getting I'm getting old. Like I'm I'm losing touch with a lot of things. And we started out by saying, or I had mentioned that. The traditional go-to reference for us was like, well, you know, like it's not just about the comics we make. Homestuck is a big thing, like that type of stuff. Homestuck's done; yeah. it's over. And and a lot of people like I'm. There's a crowd coming up that's like, I don't really. That's fine. I don't care about that. There's some other stuff that I have no idea what it is that people are reading yeah. right now. Well, it, what? In other words, I can't even fake being hip anymore. I used to be at least able to say, hey, how about that Homestuck? I, I knew to say yeah. Homestuck. And then I could fake being hip. I don't even know how I would fake it anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good It's question. funny because my niece, my niece was explaining uh, Bay to my, my wife and I, you know, B-A-E. Oh, B-A-E, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we so missed the mark on understanding it. That it's now become a family joke about how often Glow and I misuse it and, and misinterpret that word. <laughs> well, now, wait so, a minute. <laughs> Isn't it just babe with the B dropped? Pretty much. But, like, we're, we know it's now it's an intentional joke. Like, we're like, all right, okay. I'm going to the supermarket, going to bay it up, going to, going to, going to, going to get some, going to get some bay in my bag, going to bag bay, 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 and just <laughs> intentionally just ruining the, the line. Exactly. Because I don't understand the full context of where that word is from, how it's used. The subtleties of it. Can I use it with a friend? Is it just a romantic? Can I use it with a friend? No. I don't know. You don't want to do that. But these these were all. Oh God damn my asthma. Hold on. These were honest. These were honest questions that I was asking my niece. Was like, so is it is it for like BFFs? Is it for romantic relationships? Is it for sex relationships? I've. That's significant. Like the act of. it's I the nuance. Maybe, it's there's such subtle yes. nuances, and maybe that's if what the problem is. If you're is older, you don't you don't see the myriad nuances of how it's used, and yeah. so it's it's like a, a dad using the word hip. You know, it's about context. <laughs> it's it's about it's about context because it used to be, and maybe that is the thing I actually prided myself on because obviously I'm not on Tinder. Obviously, I don't say bay, but. I could. I was in enough spaces where I saw it being done, and I could yes. pick it up pretty quick. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." Yeah. But there's now there's stuff. It's like, you know what? I don't get it. And somebody will. Once you have to have somebody sit down and tell you about it, you cannot then take that information. Oh yeah, and no, form you've already into a natural joke. You've already lost the battle as far as as far as seeing the nuance of it in, in cultural life because right. And part of the reason that happens when you get older is. Um, and I'm sure you guys know this. You just cocoon more. You're just in your house with your family more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're yeah. not among – because when I was in my 20s, I was hanging out with 30, 40, 50 people on you know, uh, the spread of a couple weeks. And you see all the different iterations of how to live a life. 
now it's pretty much just, you know, I see the same six people over and over again, yep. uh, largely. Yeah, exactly. So, so you just, you lose the nuance of cultural references. So yeah, anyway, I've, I've never considered myself an in with it person, but boy, am I super out of it now that I get older. <laughs> yeah, we've all, that's what we've gained. That's what we've earned by surviving is, is the ability to not know what the hell anybody's talking about anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. it's kind of, it's funny how that happens, but um, at least we're savvy enough to know that it's happening. Like, I don't know that my parents knew that they, how, how un, uh, un-nuanced they were to what was going on. It's not in that culture. they didn't know, no. they didn't care. And and I'm not saying that they're bad people. It's just that they had uh, they had other things that they were worried well, about. I was going to say their work probably didn't depend on it, though. Yeah, exactly. If you want to make a joke about something, it can't be just the same references to whatever. Yeah, you but know. you know what? That's the equi- that's the mental equivalent of the factory guy that's amazed when the factory shuts down and he doesn't have another job. Yeah. Because he wasn't paying attention to the what was going on in a broader stroke. And I feel like part of our job is paying attention to the broader strokes of what's going on. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why there's a part of us that's nervous about it because you're like, oh, all right, well, is my writing impacted by not knowing the uh, 10,000 ways? Oh, you know what? I'll give you a funny example about language. So one time a long time ago, I had um, a strip where Arthur was trying to play Wii, but he doesn't have a posable thumb, so he he was hitting the Wii with his foot, (laughs) right? So he just has a web foot. And the onomatopoeia that I used was F-A-P, F-A-P, (laughs) F-A-P. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, at the time, I got an email. The first person to email me was Greg Dean, of uh, who does Real Life. And he's like, um, I don't know that that means what you think that means as far as onomatopoeia. I was like, what? <laughs> I have no idea. What, what could you mean? I literally had never seen that used. Oh and my so gosh. as you get older, that happens more and more and more. And it's, so it's a little bit dangerous as a writer to not know all the different ways that language is being used. You know? Right. I had never seen it used either. I'd only seen it being done. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Straub, sex worker. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, no, but I mean that's what that's what gets me nervous about, uh, and not tremendously because like my strips are not dependent on being culturally hip, but um, as yeah, but you might accidentally come across. But yeah, it like that's that. where I'm worried about it. Is I'm worried about accidentally misusing uh, uh, a word or accidentally misusing a phrase and then being called on it. Well, yeah, and being and 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 finding out that you're tone deaf or or I mean, fat, fat, fat. It, it, that's fine. But what happens when the reference that you make has a uh, a sexist refer a sexist tone to it or a racist tone that you had no idea about? And then yeah. you've got to try to, you know, convince somebody that you were innocent in this. It, it, there, there's a, there's that part of being out of touch as well. <laughs> it's like, where have you? Are you kidding me? You really have never seen this racist? <laughs> and you're like, oh gosh, you know what? I don't spend that much time. Oh, well, on Tumblr, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. And, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It's 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 scary it, 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 because it's so easy to be offensive now. There's so many things that you could say that could could hit somebody the wrong way for stuff that you may not even be tuned in at, uh, 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 in in regards to. Well, right. for me, one of the things that uh, uh, an example of that that um, uh, is when I first was exposed to the the concepts of cisgender and cissexual. Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. Stuff, yeah, yeah. I I I'm completely in favor of it, but I was so tone deaf and still am to large degrees on the proper ways to navigate that language. You know. Um, yeah. that, that I'm afraid of being accidentally an asshole because I, I just don't understand yeah. all the nuances of, of the use, you know? Yeah, but you know what I think, is the, at least what I've noticed, is that you, like, I think there's a lot more fear of being accidentally an asshole than there is, like, being uh, 
you know, hoisted on one's own petard for it. <laughs> like, you know, like, did I use the wrong pronoun with you? Yeah, but that's okay. Just remember next time. Like, I've, I've never felt ambushed by it. No, it's, and I would hope that if you're, at least if you're a person of good intent, that, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, that's just an example of, like, language that's new to me. It wasn't a that thing I you had to think about before. Yeah, but it's also just yeah. new to me, and it's, it's, um, it's, I'm I'm worried about if that's new to me. What are the other hundred thousand things that are new to me that I'm completely stumbling on? Like Brad said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, like, guys. No, nobody nobody listening to this podcast, for example. <laughs> like, they say it's advice for cartoonists, but it's really just three sad guys. Three guys uh, just <laughs> wondering what happened to their lives. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have kept you guys on the phone for two hours now. So I and and I. Oh I, wow. My phone is beeping here, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to get jumping off and find out what's being uh, what I'm being called down for. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I unfortunately have to bring this to a, to an early end. Well, it's, it's perfect timing because just like an old man, I've got to go take medicine. So this is going to be perfect. <laughs> right. And that, and that, that butter's not going to churn itself. So <laughs> <laughs> this baby's going to wake up any minute. <laughs> right. Come well, on, Lansbury, take me home. All right, here we go. I'm, but I am glad, and, and it was mainly thanks to Dave, uh, who said, come on, let's do this. But, uh, right around Christmas, we'll get together one more time before the end of the year. I, I'm really happy that we were. I, this was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thank, yeah, thank you for this. I do enjoy these, and I honestly, I will write better this afternoon because we did this, so uh, it's, it's also self-serving. But I do enjoy these a lot. Yeah. I will bounce a baby marginally better. <laughs> I'll have fond memories, but <laughs> I don't know that it'll help me a whole lot. I'll have to remember it at 3 a.m. tonight. <laughs> well, and I am going to go look up online pronunciations of mature because I still don't know that you're right. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to look that son of a bitch up because it's bothering me now. He's like, I'm not going to let it go. This is not dying here. <laughs> this is the, like Brad. I'm going to see you in Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con, and we're going to continue this discussion. <laughs> talk about this. And I look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, my friends. Well, thank you for this. All right.